Hey now, what's going on? It's Jeff. I just wanted to take a quick moment to let you know that you are listening to the audio of a live video stream from the Frumis YouTube channel. It may reference visuals that can't be heard, obviously, but if you want the whole enchilada, go to youtube.com backslash Frumis. That's F-R-U-M-E-S-S. Because who doesn't like a whole enchilada? Welcome to my pizza party. 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 Hello and welcome to the pizza party. How you doing tonight, everybody? Listen, my voice is ravaged by a chest cold. Uh, it was way worse yesterday when we were paying our respects to the dearly departed Dave Street. Rest in peace, Dave. Shine on wherever you you are right now um so you're gonna have to bear with my 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 gangly voice i am really i want to say i'm really excited about tonight's guest we've we've known each other for many many years at this point at least 12 years i've known uh known the uh, our guest our expected guest um before we further introduce him i just want to take care of some really two pieces of really quick business we're going to take care of okay the first piece of business is we received a package from John of Doom uh, of the band Voice of Doom. You may be familiar. We talk about them all the time. Friends of the show, for sure. We have John of Steel and John Doom, um, two really phenomenal guys. And they always send me little things in the mail. It's greatly appreciated. And I just want to uh, open it up on air so we can see what it is. I told them I would wait until I was on the air. So I'm just going to. Do that real quick. These media mailers are difficult to open. I'm afraid I'm going, this is the wrong knife and the wrong packaging for the wrong knife. It just, it just doesn't work. Okay, we got it open. Well, oh, oh, what is this? Very cool. Look at this. We got the voice, of, this is their new Voice of Doom single that they just released. Check this out. I love the art on this. I got to take it out. It's called The Blood of the One. And you know, we champion independent music on this channel. So we always want to tell people, I love what you're doing backstage. I just want to say that. I love what's going on backstage. You, you guys will see. You guys will find out. I, I just really, he's not, this is not the first time I've seen this happen. But when it happens, I'm so stoked. Look at this. We got a, a Voice of Doom sticker, special sticker. This is going on the, the filing cabinet where I keep all my stickers. And let's take a closer look at that art. This is beautiful. You can get this at the Voice of Doom Bandcamp. So check that out. The Blood of the One. I don't have the Bandcamp link handy. We'll, we'll put it somewhere. Oh, this is not just a single. This is an EP. There's six songs. You have Alive Again, Night Tide, which is a, a favorite. I really like Night Tide. There's a video for that. Check out the video. Um, uh, Almost Human, The Blood of the One, of course. And uh, I can't pronounce that first word, but the second word is The Glider. This is really cool. And it's released on Pyrethic Victory Records, which is the record label voice too. So check it out. I'm going to read. Let me see. Um, oh, this is so sweet. All right. Hi, Jeff. Here are two different versions of the Blood of the One CD. The discs themselves were printed differently. John and I are looking forward to appearing on your Pizza Punk show. And that's from Ebelheim. I love getting stuff like this. And the note, it's so personable. Thank you. John of Doom, I'm very much looking forward to having you guys on. Yes, Voice of Doom is going to be on the show. Okay, that's the first part of our business right there. Okay, I'm just going to put this over here. 
over here. Hello, Joe. We have Joe in the comments. Joe, we're talking about something. We're gonna, we have a really interesting topic tonight. You're going to love it, buddy. You're going to love it. It's great. Um, okay, second thing. This is super important. Joe, we just started. Joe, the show just started. It just started. Second thing, super important. Um, I have been asked, I have been given the honor to appear as, I don't know what you call me, the, the Q&A guy. I'm going to be conducting the Q&As with Vernon Wells, Wes, from the Road Warrior, Mad Max. For anybody who doesn't know, Mad Max is like my Star Wars. You know what I'm saying? Uh, super important movies to me. And freaking, um, this is happening at the Mahoney Drive-In. I think it's called Mahoney Drive-In, whatever it's called. Um, it's a Mad, 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 Mad Max 2. Uh, Vernon Wells, live in person. So fill your tanks with gasoline and get ready for two explosive nights of fury that put you in the action. Uh, a Q&A with Vernon will be happening both nights in between films. And that's where I'm coming. I get to be the guy who asks Vernon the questions. This is such an honor. I'm so stoked. Um, attention fans for once in a lifetime experience, you can purchase VIP tickets for $30, which allows early access onto the grounds for an exclusive photo op with Vernon Wells and an exact replica of the Wes motorcycle from Mad Max to the Road Warrior. VIP ticket holders will also be able to pose with screen accurate replica props, such as the shoulder pads that Wes wore in the film and his crossbow and the bloody boomerang that took out the golden youth, probably Kundalini's heart-shaped glasses. Everybody knows Kundalini lost his hand. Push me, shove you. Guess what? Says who? Um, love Kundalini. I named a character in my first feature film after Kundalini. And various other weapons and costume pieces. Photos uh, are to be taken with your advice. Uh, so that's going to be Friday, May 20th. You're going to see Mad Max and The Road Warrior. That's the co-feature. And then Saturday, May 21st, you get Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Ah, I don't want to hear any booze. Phenomenal film. Shut up. Shut up. It's great. And uh, Mad Max Fury Road. Uh, be sure to come early for themed eats, limited edition merch, vendors, live DJ, photo ops, and more. I know I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there both nights. The general tickets are $10 per person. Uh, general plus overnight is $20 per person. See the MahoningDIT.com uh, for FAQ. All right, and then the last thing I'm going to do, our, our guest is waiting so patiently behind the scenes. I'm just going to post this link in the comments. Check this out, guys. Check this out, okay? If you're interested in getting tickets to this event, it is a cool event. Yes, thank you. I'm glad you liked the Dave Street episode. It came from the bottom of my heart, truly. All right, enough that enough of that. Let's introduce our guest proper. So I'm gonna take you back in time, guys, about 12 years ago. Um, this is this is not just this is not just to explain um how I met this person, but it's really a this is a testament to a notion that I thoroughly proselytize, and that is you should always go to shows by yourself. Not always, but it's very it's a very good thing to go to a show by yourself. Why? Um, I saw like a little thing on Twitter about like how if somebody's into the same band as you, then you're already friends, that sort of thing. I really believe that. And I went to go see Danzig at... <laughs> <laughs> he probably knows what theater it was or some theater, uh, Nokia theater or something. 
And it was Danzig and Doyle was opening. It was Do- uh, Gorgeous Frankenstein. We're still Gorgeous Frankenstein. And um, I don't remember how we met exactly, but we just started talking and 45 Grave too. Oh, well, yeah, we were both at the 40, 45 Grave show as well. Yes, that is correct. That's why I call Kevin, Kevin 45. Um, but uh, he was shooting that show. We, we were both at this show. I was wearing this weird Danzig belt buckle. And I don't know, we just, we started talking. We, we hit it off. We, we, we had similar tastes in music. And then he was like, hey, man, do you want to come to this thing called the Red Party? <laughs> I was like, what's the Red Party? He's like, yeah, we just go there and dance. And, you know, if you're if you're if you have ever spent time in Chicago, you will know that the equivalent of the Red Party in Chicago was a place called Neo. And that was the one of the premier goth clubs in Chicago. I mean, every David Bowie used to hang out there. Danzig used to go. Anybody who's anybody who's in town would go to Neo. And we used to goth dance there all the time. So I was like, this is great. So this was the New York equivalent of that. Um, and I've known this dude ever since. And our paths, from time to time, our paths cross. We do very similar things. And um, I, I just want to say, I, I have to say, I am so stoked for this dude. And so happy and proud and, like, stoked and jealous. And jealous. Envious. Envious is right. Not jealous. I'm envious of, of what he is accomplishing um, it's the perfect storm. And we're going to get into why it's the perfect storm. I'm going to stop talking now and actually bring him in. Let's bring him out of the digital green room. Hey, hey, Kevin, Kevin, come out. Come out here. Oh, no, it's the other way. Kevin, Kevin, I'm expecting to see Kevin. I'm going to knock on this door and see Kevin. Ah! Whoa! We don't need another hero. We don't need another way home. You know, I made a music video for that song, a cover of that song for my friend Militia. You guys really? should check that out. Yeah. Um, trivia question for you. Oh boy. Uh, who plays the sax on that song and other Tina Turner songs? Oh, that I don't know. Is it the guy from the Lost Boys? Because that it would is. Be cool. It is. I don't it remember. Is. I just is like that... who other? What other saxophone would do something like that? Right. Um, I not Ken G. Yeah, oh yeah, that would have been weird. That would have been yeah. interesting, interesting tidbit. But I'll tell you something. Um, to find out that that dude, the I still believe dude, is Tina Turner's sax player was and did the sax on "We Don't Need Another Hero" wow. was you know and, yeah, it's pretty special. I I know we didn't even get into what this is about yet, but uh, my subject Dookie Fly Swatter was an extra in a Tina Turner Pepsi commercial once. Really. Yeah, I mean, you can't really see him, but he's in the crowd there somewhere. You know, there's a version with David Bowie as well. I I feel like, you know, I'm in Kevin has a group for he has a Facebook group in relation to what we're talking about. And they always do what we do in the Misfits groups where where we're um, constantly. Oh, there's a Crimson Skull. It's like, where's Dookie? They do this thing called where's Dookie? And he's he's just been he's like he's kind of like the Forrest Gump of like. He's just like always somewhere. Everybody's seen him. You just may not know that you've seen him. Right, right. But um, fill in the gaps on when we met at the Danzig show. What was I missing anything? We, or we did meet at the Danzig show. I thought you always said we met at the Forty Five Grave show, but I don't remember. It was Danzig, dude. Okay, you were at that... the Danzig show. I was. At, that was the night I met Steve Zing for the first oh, time yeah? as well. I think so. And is that the night? I mean, we've probably seen Danzig a few times, but was that the night of 
where the show on stage was uh, the least of the show of the evening, if you know what I mean. Well, was that that show? The, I, all I know is um, so one really big lummox of a guy turned to another guy and just cold, just knocked him out. Before they even started playing. Yeah, okay, you remember that. Yeah, yeah that, that, was, was, that was the show, right? Yeah. Yeah, because yes. there was that. And then um, Chris saw a guy pass out on the escalator and just fall this way down the escalator. Really? <laughs> At the end of the show. And then once we got out, yeah, he got outside before I did, so I missed it. But then, then I guess when we went to your car, you were going to drive us to the red party. Do you remember what happened in your car? Um. Okay, you refreshed my memory about this uh, recently, and apparently there was a video of this. I think, because I think you took a video, yeah. On on a green, okay, back, okay, this is making me feel old. The, the, the <laughs> Nano iPods. Oh, boy. Had a video camera on them, That's some right. of them. And I had a, for some reason, I was like, yeah, I totally, I think this was before, like cell phone cameras were not, super huge yet maybe we had a flip phone but it was terrible quality it was yeah so i was like yeah this is cool i can listen to mp3s and take some video with the worst sound there was a video yes there was a video i don't know i screamed something at some guys yeah so we were we got into your car me you and chris and we hadn't turned it on yet right because we started yeah, we started witnessing this couple just screaming at each other and like throwing things and <laughs> and do you remember, I don't. Remember, I wish I, I remembered this very specifics. That's why we got to find that video. But she I, was like, I think it exists. "Then you did this, and then you slept with my mother, and whatever." It just got worse and worse and worse. And we were just like, "We don't want to alert them to our presence because this is a very personal moment that we right. are witnessing, like <laughs> in a dark car that they don't know we're in, and right. we couldn't take it anymore." You were just like, effing scumbag, and then peeled <laughs> out of there. Wow. It was, uh, wow. Like, I don't even remember the Danzig show. Like, I know Doyle played whatever. Everything else about that show is what made that show. Right. And, it was and at the Best Buy Theater in Times Square, or whatever it was, it was called at the time. Theater. Yes, it was the Best Buy Theater. And what was so funny was um yeah danzig and doyle didn't even do any misfit songs they're like yeah they're playing really like, yeah not, no they did they must have done the misfit set they doyle never played danzig's oh oh was it gorgeous frankenstein it was gorgeous opened? frankenstein oh so it was before they started doing the misfit set no 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 they were doing no it was misfit. after doing, been doing misfit sets since 2004 but for whatever yeah, reason that when didn't i was happen. i was like this is bullshit. I was, I huh. was not, I was not pleased that that had happened. Oh, but okay. we, so we, we ended up Frankenstein, yeah, right. And then, and then you're like, "Hey, man, want to come with us to this red party?" I was like, "I was like, yeah, let's go." And I just, and that's the that is the magic. And I'll tell you, that's how I met my friend uh, Charlie Fitz. That's how I met my friend Bob. Both at Danzig shows, waiting, but waiting uh, in Chicago at the Congress mm -hmm. Theater. This is how you meet, you meet people, you go to, just go, go out there. Like if you have someone to go yeah. with, go with someone. But yeah. like, you know, if you don't have, if don't let not having someone to go with stop you from going somewhere. That's Sometimes I prefer that because it's just like, you're not tied to anybody. You can just right. wander around and you don't know you're what kind tethered. of trouble you look in. And you're, and you're a little bit more curious and bored. So you're kind of mm -hmm. looking for more trouble.
And I'm used to that because most of the shows I go to, I'm usually working at doing video. So uh -huh. I just go by myself and I'm working anyways. So I'm totally used to that. And then we bumped into each other at the 45 grave. Maybe that's that makes what it was. Sense. Yeah, because then I was like, if I just met this guy, would I have trusted him to like take my camera while I went to go to the bathroom? Hey, I had <laughs> completely forgot about that as well. Yeah, yeah, he was shooting the set. And and I'll tell you something. Uh, talk about another example of uh, another example of like noticing like the show was interesting. But I'll never forget. I remember this. This was this is literally twelve years ago. I remember there was this one couple off to the side, and this girl who had really really frizzy hair, and she was doing this weird kind of bobbing motion to every single song. And I was I mesmerized. I was mesmerized. I think that you posted that footage, and I even was hmm. looking for them in the crowd because she was I don't doing know this if thing I where she was like. Footage. I got to dig that stuff up. She's going like, I don't know. She's doing something. Yeah. Post, put it on your YouTube channel, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have such an archive. I got to digitize. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, now is the time to just, you know, YouTube is where it's at these days. Yeah. I think. And yeah. Cause I did a, I met up with Dinah, uh, like a day later at, they were hanging out at beauty, beauty bar. bar. I was there, yeah, you were there as well. Yes. Yeah. And we both did interviews with her. And it, yes. my show, my show ended, so I never edited it together. So it's just I have this interview with her too, dude. I mean, unless you have something else to do with it, upload it, dude. People want to see. I know. That. Well, you know, I, I'm I'm curious to see if I asked her anything about Dookie Flyswatter that night, because you know, there's a direct connection between Forty Five Grave and there's a lot of connection between Forty Five right. Grave it's and like a six degrees Jackson. of Kevin Bacon type of guy. Oh, yeah, but this is like direct connect. Okay. Actually, actually, the most direct connect besides them playing shows together in the '80s, you know, um, I actually flew out to LA the first time I, first of only two times, I guess you could say I ever saw Haunted Garage was a reunion show they did. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Before I don't want, I don't mean to cut you off. Yeah. I, I just want to go more in order. For a okay. Second. Well, this is just a forty-five grave connection. Oh, oh, okay, fine. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll just. Sorry, sorry. I don't want to like. Yeah, I won't get too much into their history yet. But um, I flew out to LA to see this one-off reunion show, and that's like when I really met Dookie in person. And like I hung out with him in his house, and we went to Denny's after the show and stuff. And he put me as into the show. I was the chainsaw victim dressed up as Homer Simpson, and he chainsawed my guts out while Dinah Cancer was singing background vocals on stage. Wow. So it was like such a moment. Oh my god! So I was on stage with Dinah Cancer from Forty Five Grave as part of the show. So, so how? So that brings us to Haunted Garage, which is you're making a movie about Haunted Garage. And by the way, guys, there is a Indiegogo campaign that's happening right now, and you can see it right here in the ticker parade. The whatever the thing at the bottom. Look, there's that's the the album. You can it's donate the best now. Album cover of all time. It's a great album cover. You got to go to dookiedoc.com. Like Dookie documentary. It's dookiedoc.com. Say that eight times fast. Link is also in the description. So check that out, guys. But that's what we're talking about tonight. And I guess the first thing we have to discuss is the uh, the uh, this idea this band called Haunted Garage and where they sort of fit and what you would compare them to. And you have like a, you have sort you, you mag, you, you have a, a magnetism towards like theatrical horror based 
yeah. music. That's something that you yeah. love. Yeah, I mean, I can get you, uh, I can tell you when I was like, let's bring it back to about 1994, okay? I'm a 10-year-old kid, wow. and um, <laughs> Kurt Cobain had just passed away, so the grunge era was dying. That was like, you know, my first love of music. And then I discovered Green Jelly. Right. Of course, the Three Little Pigs song oh, was very knees. popular. <laughs> yeah, the cow got, of course, Green Jelly. We could talk about that too. Oh but um, I discovered Green Jelly and they became my favorite band. And very quickly after that, you discover Guar and you discover Haunted Garage next. And they're kind of like the three big theatrical, like weirdo bands of the time. Kind of like the big metal, the big four for metal, but like yeah, yeah. Big four for whatever. Yeah, of of pro and actually, like Green Jelly and Pontiac Garage were like fast friends in LA, and they would play all the time. And and actually, let me get my props. Ugh, I got props because it's a prop rock band. Yeah, so this, this is the Green Jello, the original uh, Green Jello before they changed it. Ugh. That's the cassette. That's the it's, Grammy. The VHS. VHS yeah. man, when they were a video only band before there was even an album. Right. There's a song on here called "The Misadventures of S Man." I don't. I know you don't like uh, cursing. Cur this. Just curse. It's I know. I know. I'm gonna. Go I'm gonna try to be good for your algorithm. I appreciate I it. Be up there too. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Let's just say I can point to him. You. Yeah. I see. That it. is the character, and in this video, several people get turned into this S Man. And one of them is Danny Carey from Tool, who was the drummer of Green Jelly at the time. Right. And another, the other one that was the is Dookie right. Flyswatter. Although I had no idea who he was when I first saw this. I, you know, quickly learned. And then a quick side note uh, for their second album, 333, there's a Fox live track called Anthem Song, which... Uh, Bill from Green Jello had a bunch of people at his studio to do background vocals to, to sound like a live crowd. And one of them is Weird Al Yankovic. Wow. And another one is Carrot Top from the Radioactive Chicken Heads, which is another band I was a part of that is closely associated he's here. with the He's here right thing. now. He says he's Carrot Top the is show. here. Yes. And the other person, who else was there? Carrot Top. I know Dookie Flyswatter was there. Wow. There, there, they were a bunch of people were at this this event. But yeah, they would do shows together all the time. And anyways, of those bands, I guess I became most fascinated with Haunted Garage because there was the least amount of material and information out there about them. And plus, right. the the mystery is a mystery, which I'm finally solving because I know there was so much more out there. And that's <laughs> basically the impetus of this. I wanted more, and boy, did I find it. And plus, there's already a Green Jelly and Guar documentary. So I got stuck with the Haunted Garage, which is okay with me. Okay, so I, I'm going to insert what I was going to save this for later in the show, but I'm going to insert it in here now since you just said what you just said. Um, by the way, Carrot Top says that he was there that day and met Dookie that day and Dana, uh, Danny Carey was there. Danny Carey um, was there. The you you said you were you say that you're like you're left with haunted garage i this this idea that you have ticks every single box for success in my opinion Thank for you. documentary because one you have something that's 
really, really cool and underground and, and very obscure. That's number one. Number two, it's an intersection of a lot of things. Horror, music, like all these different niches. Like you could play at horror festivals. You could play at music, but like you could go anywhere with this thing. That's number two. Number three, um, there are some bands, and I would say a, a band like Fishbone is a perfect example. You have some bands that are like bands bands. And what does that mean? Fishbone used to go see Haunted Garage, by the way. Did they really? Yeah. yeah <laughs> That's awesome. That. that is, oh man, that would be a show, Fishbone and Haunted Garage. Um, I don't think they play together, but they've definitely been. That would have been that. a cool bill. Um, but my point, by the reason why I referenced Fishbone is Fishbone has like a dedicated loyal fan base, but the what, what makes Fishbone very noteworthy is that there are a lot of very, very big bands that are into Fishbone. You know what I mean? Same thing with the Misfits yeah. and Metallica, right? Did I tell you that I met Angela when I was in LA? Um, that's awesome. For I about met... a second. Where was he? What was he so, doing? Well, so he's a friend of Green Jelly's. Um, and yeah. I think, I believe they used to live together as well in the Green Jelly party house. Wow. Uh, back 10 or so years ago. And when, um, I don't know if you know what Bill does with his, he's turned his living room into a production studio yeah, yeah, and I've seen it. show what, every no, Saturday night. F, yeah. What the FTV. It's awesome. Yeah. Now, now that's what it's called. It used to be, it started as green Jellovision. And when it started, the house band was Angelo Moore's band. Really? Um, Dr. Mad vibe. Yeah. Oh, so I know he, Dr. Mad he would vibe, just of course. play uh, in between segments, you know, for, I don't know, until they got tired of it, basically, <laughs> you know, but yeah, um, when I was there in LA and I was at the show hanging out, um, I actually, it was my first time there and halfway through the show, I was already behind the camera working because, you know, that's just how Green Jelly is. It's like, hey, jump in there. <laughs> and Angelo just happened to show up and play with the, the featured band that night. So like I was behind the camera and I was like, that was awesome, man. And then. And then he was gone. Like after the show, I wanted to talk to him and he was just gone. Dude, he is the craziest dude ever. So I filmed him. I could say I filmed him. It's on YouTube somewhere. Angelo just randomly like shows up in all sorts of random places. I was at, I was in an entourage of some kind. I don't know how you would explain it. I was, I was backstage at a, at a work tour date in Chicago in 2009. And Angelo was just working the show. He was just. I working. bet you Green Jello was there. I, bet I, they were... I don't know. Well, if they maybe were. that was the year before they started doing the Warp Tour thing. We saw the Bouncing Souls backstage. We saw a bunch of people backstage. We saw uh, some Bad Religion guys. But what was amazing was that there's Angelo Moore. I I, I recognize him because I'd seen Fishbowl. I was like, Yo, Angelo! Yeah, and he's he was very just, recognizable, dude. He was just he was working the show, and he sat. We were all there. Were like it was like a cafeteria thing. He just sat by himself eating just i don't know it was so crazy though it was so you crazy he's a very approachable right? dude he's a very approachable dude and he's always just like out you if you go to a fish yeah. show you'll always see him out uh walking around and stuff he, very he's like the ultimate extrovert <laughs> yeah he, he's what a what an awesome awesome like human being like all of them are i love fishbone but yeah my point to, to to bring us back to what we were talking about you want a bad religion connection real quick or no yeah go ahead go ahead do it well, you know who almost signed Haunted Garage in an alternate universe? The the label that was courting them Mr. before they Brett? picked Epitaph. A Haunted Garage was just signing with Epitaph. Metal Blade gave them a, 
a better deal, so they took it. But in hindsight, they were going to get supposedly Butch Vig to produce the record. Oh, my God. In an alternate universe, we would have had Haunted Garage on Epitaph with Butch Vig. It would have been Nirvana, Smashing Pumpkins, L7, Haunted Garage. And and um, and Sublime. Sublime. Butch Vig? No, not, no, 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 no sorry, not, not Butch Vig. I'm talking, talking about, about Butch Epitaph. Vig production. Um, no, 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 yeah. I'm talking about Epitaph. They, they, uh, they demoed. Uh, they demoed a bunch of their songs for free in that studio, and that's it didn't Haunted Garage out. did a bunch of demos there. Yeah, that's yeah, with um, Donnell like the that. engineer. Yeah, he was really cool like that, and he would let bands come in and record and stuff, and yeah. uh, use their studio He's right behind Raji's. Apparently, damn, I really want to do an LA trip. I just that would Dude, be, yeah. must have been so Should much go. fun. Just it was. I don't know how fun. I'm going to top it. <laughs> uh, well, you know. Even if you don't top it, the fact that you did it is what is awesome. You know? I know. My highlights um, of my life are like Green Jello Tour 2008, LA Documentary Filmmaking 2021. That's awesome. Um, yeah. But the thing, but what my point with all of that was Fishbone, the Misfits, even, all of these guys are, all of them are like band. Bands, bands, like, like, like people. You have to know who you have to be, like, kind of like on the level to know Haunted Garage. So they have some, they have some level of obscurity. So much like that documentary that was huge, a band called Death. Remember that? Yeah, of course. Exploded. Nobody mm-hmm. had heard of Death. My Nobody friend in- what- introduced it in New York City. So same, same person who I did the video for. Uh, we don't need another hero. Militia Vox. Oh, really? Shout out. We have we have a guest backstage who has popped on. So let's take a quick moment. We're going to take a, a quick sponsor break, and we are going to bring out um, our our sponsor, RiotStickers.com. Guys, the deal is still happening, but that's like kind of going in the back. That's in the foreground now. Um, those the the, the 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 we have a new thing that's happening, and I'm going to let uh, Josh take the floor for a minute to come in and talk and explain exactly what that is and then we're going to play you a brand new video a brand new 60 second video nice uh from from riot stickers productions so without further ado let's bring out sponsor of the from us channel um we printed out this beautiful banner behind me mr uh sharpie riot himself hello mr sharpie hey how's it going hey kevin hello you're gonna get some business from me at some point awesome i appreciate it yeah Hey, um, yeah, everything's been awesome. The channel's great. Jeff is awesome. I love it. Um, so Jeff and I, you know, we're talking about trying to do something that would be cool and different. So we're actually going to start up a, uh, t-shirt giveaway contest. Um, so today's the first day you can go enter. You can go to, um, the Riot Stickers website and just sign up. All you have to do is Put your name right in there. there. It's right at right. That link is right there. Ridestickers.com backslash win. Yeah. And then on and uh the beginning of June, June 1st, we'll we'll draw a winner. So doesn't cost anything to sign up. Just head to the to the link and, and do that. Um, but anyway, I appreciate all the support that we've gotten from the From Us channel listeners. It's been awesome. And uh I've I've had a great time hopping into the the chat conversations on YouTube with everyone. 
um, you know, met some new cool people that way. So anyway, um, yeah, go sign up and hopefully you can win yourself some shirts. Um, thank you so much for, for all your, for your kind words and your amazing support. And it's just been so great to, uh, uh, be represented, uh, by riotstickers.com on this channel. I just want to say that as well. And I don't think any of us will ever get the riot stickers theme song out of our head. It is permanent. Well, it's permanently imprinted in mind. <laughs> I hear it. I hear it like five times a week. Um, let's play, let's play the new video. Ready? Everyone will still get it, but a little bit less of it. Right. Very true. Ready? Hi, I'm a guy from riotstickers.com, the merch company known for being the bomb. Do you hate going to work? But like getting paid? Do you hate snow? But want to make sweet, sweet love to a snowman? That was unexpected. All right, what about this? Do you hate paying for stuff, but like having custom t-shirts? You are in luck. We can't help with the snowman thing. That's probably going to take a therapist. But RiotStickers.com is giving you a chance to win a free order of custom shirts. And entering is easier than like making sweet, sweet Get her out of here. <clears throat> All you have to do is simply go to riotstickers.com slash win and enter your name and email address. Riot Stickers will have a random drawing to pick a winner. So head to riotstickers.com slash win for your chance to win free custom shirts. And be sure to check out other custom merch while you're there because it is the bomb. Riotstickers.com, Riot Stickers, we are the bomb. And he's gone. Poof. Boom. Just like a like like a like a like a puff of smoke. Uh he has disappeared back into the night. But that is uh that's the contest, guys. So you go to riotstickers.com backslash win. Link is in the description as well as right here. Actually, I don't think I put the link in the description yet. I gotta add that afterwards. Um, but like I said, riotstickers.com backslash win. Win a free order of t-shirts, completely free. Does not cost to enter. This is a totally free contest and uh, from riotstickers.com. We love Riot Stickers. Thank you. Um, okay. What were we talking about? Right bands, before? bands. Yeah, bands, bands. I feel like Haunted Garage falls into this paradigm. So what you have is you have that factor. And then you have, like I said, this human interest story about this charismatic fellow who is very much like a sort of Forrest Gump footnote. He's, he's omnipotently everywhere all over the place. But, you know, um, his personal thing always was a very underground thing that was uh, worshipped and adored. So, you know, um, yeah. You want to play on the trailer? Because it's so hard to talk about. You got to see we it. Just, should we just play the trailer right I now? We should show them the trailer. All right, let's just show them the trailer. All right, you, guys, we're just going to launch it to another video. We're going to show you the trailer um, because it's just the best way to make any kind of sense of this. Ready? There used to be discussion about the importance of danger, chaos, the possibility of something happening that really wasn't on the schedule. Mr. Dookie Flyswatter and the Haunted Garage! If 
you took 80s slasher movies and put it in a blender with metal and punk rock, you're gonna get Haunted Garage. Dookie and his crew were almost like making horror movies, horror punk. But the gag is, you're in the splash zone. It is splatter rock. <laughs> it is chainsaw rock and roll. Not only chainsaw them, but would pull the guts out and spread them all over the place. It's like going to a horror movie, except it's actually happening. There was this real fervor at the time about shock rock, how bad it was for the kids. The shock value was exactly what I wanted. I look over and I see Dookie with his arms on fire. The flashes from the rear end. He got brain surgery live on stage. Whenever you find something weird, we'll give a use for it. It's not an act that we put on to go on stage. We were real. There was some shit being exercised right there. That was the raw stuff. You walk out of there feeling like you've maybe left the planet for a little while. Their legacy is they were unique. They did things that weren't being done, and they did things that were outside of people's comfort zones. Dukey was always just uh, ahead of his time on that. But it really rocked hard. I mean, he had really good musicians in the band. We didn't want it to be only this deep. We wanted it to be this deep. It's Haunted Garage. That's the whole point of taking things too far. They just were doing it to have a good time and make you laugh. It was always fucking fun. Actually, we're a lot more stable than I think Bill Cosby. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. It exploded. Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons. Tom Waits was there. We slimed Axl Rose. When you're sitting between Dookie and Elvira, it doesn't get any cooler than that. There were lines around the block to, to see Haunted Garage. They were the it band at the time. Those guys were gods to who they were gods to. He's an icon of the underground exploitational genre. Punk rock god of Hollywood. Bella Lugosi's horrible punk rock grandson. Gigi Allen, but fun. He's like a friendly vampire. He was LA's Peter Lorre. <laughs> you need somebody in a movie, that's the guy that you want. Roger Ebert said it's the worst movie you've ever seen. Cold Steel. Sharon Stone, who knew? He had a great writing career. He puts everything he's got into it. He made his whole life his art. I think that the whole world should know about it. Now I'm gonna cry. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it's so good, dude. It's such a good trailer. It really thank you. is. Thank you. Oh, we my got, God. We saw some Carrot Top in there. Yes, we saw Carrot Top in there. Here he is now. He's in the comments. It's awesome. Um, dude, it really is. It, as, as I just said, it ticks every single box, guys every single box and what blew my mind and you know kevin was the one who showed me haunted garage i had never even heard of these guys so i found out about them because of kevin and you know that's not i have not dived down any deep rabbit hole with haunted garage for for any other reason that i just haven't but what really blew my mind was that this is the dude who wrote blood diner as well which just like what the Fuck, that's the screenwriter of fucking Blood Diner? 
uh, directed by Jackie Kong. Um, there you go. Whoa, there he goes. My All right, Kevin. VHS, my Blu-ray, my DVD. Kevin, I have that. I have that DVD set. It's a good DVD set for. Like, you got to get the Blu-ray. It's wonderful. I'm, I'm going to those. From let me Vestron. tell you something. Vestron releases are like thirty-two dollars for like yeah. old titles. It's like kind of a little frustrating. Like I that sucks. I have I have the Return of the Living Dead three one, and I really want to get Blood Diner and Parents, and I just have waited because I just. I was like, I can't spend sixty dollars on two movies I already own multiple times. Just, I can't do it, you know. That's, uh, that's the frustrating part. But I want them like that. Uh, here's a here's a little here's a little trivia question for you, for you. So, Blood Diner started off as was going to be Blood Feast two originally. Yes, yes. we've determined. Here's what I want to know in your findings, in your research. <clears throat> Uh, as the as the premier haunted garage historian, um, uh, the misfits thing. Yeah, supposedly yeah. the misfits were supposed to do the soundtrack for Blood Feast Two, which eventually turned to Blood Diner. Have you heard any any of this substantiated from your end of things in your research? Not yet, but we are supposed to be interviewing. Um, Jimmy Maslin, the producer of Blood Diner, and the reason he was the producer of Blood Diner is because he owns the Herschel Gordon Lewis catalog. Wow. So if anybody would know, he would know. And I know there's also, there's been different Blood me. Diner 2 is obviously the one that came out in like way later. Yeah. 2002. That's, that's Herschel Gordon Lewis. Yeah. Herschel Gordon Lewis's official sequel. I've never heard anything about the Misfits and Blood Diner, but I'm sure there was some alternate idea for uh, Blood Diner. Glenn, that's what I'm guessing. Glenn talking like he yeah. does sometimes. But yeah, maybe it's just in his head. Maybe he was just going to steal it like that Crimson Ghost logo. Anything's, po anything's possible <laughs> when it comes to Glenn and Jerry. Yeah. Um, but but it, it is, it's just so weird to think that that is the dude who, who wrote that movie blows my mind. Blows yeah. You want to, you want a fun trivia fact about that? Yeah. Um, by do. the way, Carl crew, the person who, uh, the co-star of this movie is in the documentary. That's awesome. Um, those two roles were originally conceived for George, the animal steel and Michael Berryman from the Hills have eyes. That they were going to be these ghoulish <laughs> brothers, you know, digging up graves. But I guess Jackie Kong's vision was that they were like these two very more attractive young yeah, people. Yeah, they're, they're hunky. You know? they're hunky so it definitely uh, changed the vibe a lot. But the original, I think really they just couldn't afford those guys. But that was the original idea. That's crazy. I did yeah. not know that. That would have been, it would have been like a, and, not and wrestling, Paul, but like a. Well, George the Animal Steel is a wrestler. Right, right. But I was about to say Michael Berryman isn't. I was about to say it would have been a wrestling movie, but I don't know if it would have been a wrestling movie per se. Yeah, yeah. Um, that is, I mean, and that is crazy. Carl, I don't know how much truth there is to this actually happening, but Carl Crew also says that he wrote a sequel to Blood Diner called Blood Dinner. <laughs> and we'll see where it's we'll Where see. is it? <laughs> Call up Jackie Kong. Yeah. Get her on the phone. Let's, I mean, come on. Let's Jackie, I'll happen. talk to you. Come, come be in my documentary. Um, I know you I, were in that other Shutter documentary. Did you see that whole segment on Blood Diner and that 
documentary you know on Shutter. Um, maybe I can help you. Maybe I can help you with that. Actually, all right. Cool. I'll, I'll, let me let me look into something for you. I might be. I I can't. Don't want to make any promises. But I. Oh, think... look what Carrot Top said. Uh, Carl asked the chicken heads to be in Blood Dinner. So it it does it does exist. I mean, it, it exists as, at least as an idea and probably a script. I don't know how far into the production uh, planning they has gotten. Right. I have no right. evidence that they have actually started making this movie. Um, and what another interesting connection is? So I was at the Sleepy Hollow International Film Festival in 2019, and I met a fellow named Andy who happened to be Jeffrey right. Combs' personal makeup guy and was yeah. in the Haunted Garage That's and right. knew you. And he was a he's a Misfits that fan guy. as well. Where is he? Andy yeah. Satan Chavez. I just want a big shout-out. I want to give a ginormous shout-out to Andy for, A, just being like a super nice dude. If it was not for Andy, Andy introduced me to Jeffrey Combs. He got And I was, you know, I'll tell you something. I, I've been... You know, I've I've definitely met people who ha- are have a way larger profile than Jeffrey Combs, but I've never been so tongue tied, uh, starstruck yeah. as meeting Jeffrey Combs. That was, that was a that was a real you know. And he's just a guy. He's just a guy. But like that yeah. for me, that was huge for me. And I have Andy to thank for that. And he also bestowed me with uh, Jeffrey Combs's nose. <laughs> that he did for Edgar Allan Poe, which I nice. really, it was really nice. It was a really nice thing for him to do. So big shout out to Andy. Big shout out to Andy, also a co-producer on this documentary because he actually housed me while I was in LA. Oh, you stayed I with was, him. That's I awesome. Stayed man. with him, and his most of what you see is actually shot in his place. We created a studio there. That's so awesome. Just come to us and circle through. And so that's a guy. That's the, that's an art. He's an artistic guy. You know, he does special effects and stuff. Yeah. That's the type of guy you want to help. You want helping you create. You know, your set. That's the kind of guitar player you want in Haunted Garage. The one that can do makeup for you. <laughs> right. Right. Absolutely. And his wife Caleb. Shout out. Awesome. They're both awesome. makeup artists. Oh, I didn't know that she's a makeup yeah. artist as well. It's cool. Um. So. So you just so what made so what was the impetus for finally deciding to this band that you love? You couldn't do the Guar documentary. You can't do uh, the oh wait it was Guar Green and Jelly. Uh, Green Jelly. Green Jelly. Yeah. That, that those are already um, in the can. Actively, they're in the can. Well, so, well, the Green Jelly you can stream on I believe Amazon. It's been out for a couple of years. It's a documentary. It's not like the ultimate story of the band, but it's a documentary about them. Um, Guar has Dave Brocky in it. Guar, the has... Guar documentary is touring like film festivals right now, so it's not out to the public. But I did watch it on an online film festival a couple months ago, and it's very good. That's awesome. So That's really great. It's there. It's done. I saw it. Yeah. That's really really great. Um, the, uh, so the, uh, yeah. So what? So how? So what made well, it go down? I was a little bit inspired by you, Jeff. So, me, you were inspired by me. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> wow, a little bit, yeah, because I, you know, I think you had probably started this channel. Uh, when did you start this? Like Mark, in the middle of right, the pandemic, right? Right when it, right when things, yeah, started to ha- uh, happen. 
Everything shut down. I started broadcasting live. Just I don't know why. I don't know what yeah. came over me. I just started doing it. Yeah. And um I uh was in the pandemic and like just digitizing a bunch of tapes and I don't know. It was just kind of like, it's time to do this. Like if nobody does this now, especially in COVID, like these dudes are old, man. Like you don't know when people are just going to start yep. dying off. And like people actually have died since this documentary I was an idea. Um, so in particular, uh, shout out Cleve Hall. He's another makeup artist. He had a whole show called Monster Man on Sci-Fi at one point, um, passed away. And also someone not directly related, but somebody who was handling a bunch of tapes that were supposed to be digitized died the day after those tapes were handed to him. So though they are in limbo and probably lost forever. And that is exactly what I was worried about if I didn't start doing this now. Oh, so I just started, God. I was like, what can I Oh, And plus the fact that my business is photography and video mostly and my bread and butter is concerts and live events and photo shoots and stuff like that. And you can't do that in a pandemic lockdown. So I was like, it's time to start doing some internal projects. And, you know, this was the result of that because it's wow. the ultimate passion project for me besides my music. Wow. Um, first of all, I did not. I, I I'm I'm touched. I did not know that. that, that, uh, that yeah. That well, amazing. you restarted your Misfits documentary and I'm like. You know, that's yeah. a pretty good idea. You just start just start doing it, you know? Just start doing it, even if it takes you a really long time. Oh, and yeah. it will, because you know how these things go. I, but it'll take less if you guys all donate a whole bunch of money to let my Let me tell you something. Thing. You should, because I'll tell you, if if a good six to eight months of working full-time will, will get any documentary done, but if you have a day job, if you have uh, family obligations, whatever your situation may be, um, there's only so many hours in the day. And, you know, what you touched on something that I've experienced a whole bunch of in that about nine people I interviewed have died now. Wow. And yeah. Including, exactly. Yeah. Including Dave Brocky. Dave Brocky, uh, Basil Gogos. Right. Um, oh. Uh, Dave Street just passed away two days ago. I saw that. Sorry, Joey yeah. Image from the from the band, um, Billy Stone, Mike Mindless, uh, Walter Luer, Billy Rath. Yeah, all gone. Yeah, all of these people are gone, and it's crazy that John Stab from Government Issue. And what's crazy is like, it's like they their essence lives on these tapes now. And mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's like, it's so important to document these people while they're still around. Yeah. Yeah. Especially Dookie, you know, because he's still around and it's good for him to know while he's alive that he's so appreciated because obviously there's no glory in this business that he does. <laughs> you know, he's not yeah. a rich and famous man in wealth. Right. So, right. Celebrate, you know the underground legends while they're still here it's it's and you know the other thing that you said that's terrifying is the idea of i mean that happens what you just described happens all the time somebody passes away either the person that owns the things or the person that's in the possession of the things mm -hmm. and that stuff disappears forever yeah. forever yeah. or it goes it goes the way 
of the dodo. And it's like preserving this stuff, even if it never sees the light of day or maybe it like won't yeah. see the light of day for a long time, it is the Lord's work, you know? That's like my real goal of this was to preserve their history. Yeah. You know, maybe for my own uh, selfish benefit, but who cares? That That is a good reason to do it. It is, dude. It is. And, you know, um, I, I just, like I said, I, I just think, and the other thing too is you have unfettered access, which is something that like, Again, if I you can't really do in your documentary, I don't have any access. Try asking, uh, asking. Well, you might be. I don't know. Either one of them would be would be a tough get for uh, for this. Oh, that 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 is definitely not Glenn Danzig, Uncle Glenn, Uncle Uncle Glenn, and Uncle Jerry. Love them both, cousin Doyle too. But like, uh, it's just not. It's not in the cards, and it's not cards. I don't think that would really. I don't really know what it would look like even in, in that in that way and shape or form. But you, on the other hand, and this is advice. If someone came to me and said, I want to do a documentary, I think the number one thing I would say is make a documentary that people like are know about, the per- the subject knows about and wants to happen actively and is like cooperating with you actively to make it happen. Yeah. And you have that in spades, which is yes. going to just which which opens up all sorts of doors and the last thing is that you have a subject that might be unknown or relatively unknown yes but this documentary have, is not for the fans of haunted garage this is for everybody who does not know who dookie right Fox is this is what i call the tiger king of shutter because nobody knew who the f the tiger king was until that came out and that, that became a phenomenon that's how you have to market this. It's you know, the this Tiger is like King of Shutter. I love that. Anvil, but more bloody. Um, but but you have people of note. You have all sorts of gets. You have friggin' dude. These guys. He's okay. Th- these are some of the people that. By the way, we can uh, call Kevin one has. of them. I believe uh, we are allowed to call one of them if you know what I'm talking about. Okay. Well, he's charging his phone right now, so maybe a little. Oh, really? All right, all right. Maybe just to say a quick hello and yeah, yeah, just a quick hello, just a quick hello. And then I'll Um, connect you guys later. Yeah, that would be great. That we'll we'll do. We can wash each other's hands. I I don't know how well I can wash your hand, but I can try. I can try. I'll try. Take all the help I can get. (laughs) Okay, okay. We'll talk about that off air. Um, Like what Paul Seacrest said. What did he say? (laughs) That's it's true, man. For the kids. Jerry works for the kids, man. And I, you know, we laugh and joke about that, but it really is true. He he works hard for the kids. He he loves entertaining and he is a he is so good. I, I say this constantly because I don't want, you know, we we do uh we do t- uh, uh rib Jerry a lot on the channel, but I also like to balance it with the acknowledgement that Jerry is really, really good to the kids. Yeah, so, I, I can attest to uh Jerry being super nice to me when I met him. To the to the extent of like we were sitting next to each other at a bar and he would just start pouring me beer when he saw that and it was <laughs> almost empty. He's like, "You need more beer," and I'm just like, uh, "Thanks, Uncle Jerry." Wait, so first of all, okay, two things because because Kevin interviewed yeah. Jerry only. Number no, one, no, I never did. Oh, it didn't happen. I no. thought you, I thought that went down. Oh, it, no, not not yet, ex- at least, but well, maybe. Sorry, I don't know if I. But yeah, this was a different right. time we met uh, before. Oh, okay, I didn't know that. I, thought I know you were. I know you were at this show. It was at the flag show at Irving Plaza. Yes, was I was up. at that show. Flag. And I was TS4. with him before that at the bar down the street. Oh, oh! I think you. T- I think I bumped into you at that show, and you I'm told sure. me. 
and you told me that you had been drinking with Jerry only. I yeah, think I remember full this. spikes and everything, man. Yes, yes, he was fully he was fully done up. He was there because of Uncle Dezo. Yeah, and yeah. um, oh my God, that is freaking hilarious. That is that is amazing. That is amazing. And yeah. and he's just the type of guy. He's like he's just like it's almost like this gregarious Viking energy of like. Yeah, so, so like yeah, as much as you we clown on him and deservedly so a little bit I'd yeah say. of course uh he's a super nice dude yeah totally will this be f- uh for sale uh physically uh i hope so i'm not even close to thinking about that yet because i gotta finish it first and who knows if someone like shutter wants to pick it up they could do whatever they want with it i'm sure sh- this is exactly but the i hope so that would. that's something that's trying to think buy so too seconds. I mean, I got I got all these like names that check their boxes, you know, that they have in yep. there. Which, wait, wait, there. let's get to that for a second. Hold on. So you, this guy has Ed fucking Culver in his documentary. Okay, if you don't know who Ed Culver is, I mean, this dude took like every like album, iconic album. Wow, that's an Ed Culver, right? There. I did not know that. I did not know yeah. that. Oh yeah, he did all the art, uh, photography for this album. Are you a fan of Christian Death? Like we? Hell are. yeah! I need to get that new book. Photos. Oh my god, dude. Okay, I want. I, I don't have the. I don't have the bread to buy that book, but I That's did. That's my buy, problem. <laughs> I did buy the because uh, I didn't own it on vinyl, so I actually bought for twenty dollars. I got the remastered only theater pain on red vinyl, and I have to tell you, nice. that album sounds so different in that wet presentation and i i must have listened to it like five or six times in a row oh, yeah i it's it's on awe. my list it's like an essential that i need to get do you want to oh, try to okay. do the thing yeah okay all right call him, just right, call him real quick just, just, i just just to say hello oh um i might have to unplug my microphone for this i mean um okay oh, well, let me ask you a question can you put go. it on speaker and then yeah i have it on put that into your, yeah put it put it right next to your microphone Hey, how's it going? Hello, Ed. Oh, can you hear? Uh, Jeff, can you hear? And we're live on the Jeff show. Uh, I mean, not the Jeff show, the Pizza, Pizza Punk, Punk show. <laughs> I don't know if you yeah, just yeah, were watching, but he's a big fan of yours. Oh, yes. yes. Hi, Mr. Culver. Big fan of all of your incredible work, especially on uh, Christian Death's Only Theater of Pain. Just beautiful photographs that you take thank you truly thank you um yeah i was like their fifth member <laughs> that, yeah that's awesome and and you um that that new book looks so incredible that features a bunch of your photography as well yeah i, I didn't get to edit some of the photos and i'm actually totally upset about it but oh, oh. well like there's there's a couple of photos in there that are very uh flat look they look totally underexposed and that's not what my work looks like you know it's like even if it was underexposed i can kick the contrast and make it a proper contrast like right. you know i like dark black and white you know right there's like some pictures of rick agnew with a white wall behind him and the wall is gray and his face is really dark and it's like oh fuck anyway well uh the the full in general yeah for sure for sure i i actually i made a feature-length film called romeo's distress in honor of my adoration for christian death and 
uh, oh, nice. the whole thing. Yeah, love love Christian Death. I don't think I've seen that. Um, yeah, it's it's, uh, it's free on YouTube. It's you can watch on YouTube. My photos. <laughs> no, no, it's it's not about Christian Death. No, no, it's just it's no, no, no. It's not about Christian Death. It just has the I I took the name Romeo's Distress. I called it. I named it after the song. Romeo's oh, cool. Distress. That's all. Um, <laughs> I did get an angry, I got an angry message from Rick Agnew one day. Uh-oh. <laughs> no, it was amazing. And he, Surprise! <laughs> no, he was, well, he thought, he thought I was using the song and I wasn't. And, oh, okay. and I was like, uh-huh. I was like, Rick, I was like, Rick, I'm such a big fan. I'm like, he's like yelling at me, but like, I'm like, dude, you're Rick Agnew. This is awesome. <laughs> it, was <great>. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. I loved it. I loved every second of it. Um. Man, you you are a legend, uh, Mr. Culver. It is so it is so nice to uh, speak to you on the phone. Well, thank you. Truly. Um, Do you want to tell us anything about uh, working with Haunted Garage? Please. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I don't know. They were they were fun to work with. I've got a lot of photos people still haven't seen that I shot. I did some studio session with them. Yeah, I got. I, I did this one where I had this tin coffin, and I loaded them all up in there, and I had black plastic curtains, and I put black plastic down on the floor, and loaded them into the coffin, and and one's holding a headsman's axe that I have, and, the, the, and then Dookie's standing with his foot up on the front of the coffin, and so I kind of did this joke recreation of uh, Washington crossing a Delaware. Wow, that, <laughs> I can picture that perfectly in my mind. <laughs> um yeah, what see all these photographs yes yeah, it'll, it'll happen i'm working on it i, I have know, so I many know you are and i appreciate that we're getting them all digitized so we can oh nice yeah we're digging them out like we were just talking about digging out all this footage you got to get all these photographs out mm-hmm. um, mr culver I, I, I have so much uh obscure kind of underground la music history stuff I, I photograph a lot of little tiny bands that nobody's even heard of you know and i paid attention to everybody and i paid attention to details and the nuances of what, what i was photographing i don't know that's awesome absolutely um uh, mr culver I, I just have one one question for you if you had to like what is your favorite like medium to shoot like uh in film like is there a specific, uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say here, like a specific format of film that you really enjoyed shooting back in the day? Or is it just the right tool for the right job? Wait, uh, what type of film was I using? Do you have or like what a type preference? of camera? Did you have like no, a just like a preference. Uh, I only use Kodak Tri-X film ever. And... Um, I had a cheap 35 millimeter camera with a 50 millimeter lens. So like if you see any of my old live stuff, it's like I was that close to those people because it's a, like a human vision perspective, that 50 millimeter lens, anything else is a distortion, like fisheye lens stuff. It's like, yeah, it's all in focus, but you know, this guy's got a huge nose and every the guitar player back there somewhere, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> I think. Nifty 50, they call it the nifty 50. Yeah, I worked with that a lot until I got a studio. Then I got into medium format, and then four by five. Right. Yeah, that's actually what I was curious about when I when I 
asked that question, I just was curious to know if you were working in ever working in medium format and stuff like that. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I got an RB67 set up, and I wore out every element of it, the puller, back two film packs, the lens, everything I wore. Wow. Out. <laughs> yeah, and then I got a Mamiya RZ67. I don't you know. Hasselblads are great cameras. They're kind of like a watch, but it's like my, my hands are too big, and those things feel like a toy in my hand. They're not designed to hand hold, and then you just you know kind of kinking around over this little thing i hated that you know i'd i'd bring out the mamiya and people think it was the video camera that always cracked me up wow you know, yeah that was a uh, possible does two and a quarter square and the mamiya's did uh two and a quarter by two and three quarters it would blow up exactly into an eight by ten wow yeah. so cool well thank huh. you so much edward I think you should be on this show if you're able and willing. Oh, I would love okay. to pick your brain. Love to. Uh, okay. Well, that would be cool, Jeff. I'd appreciate it if you want. Oh, very, mu- very much. Yeah, I'll connect you guys Very much. Right. We'll talk. We'll talk. Very nice to meet you, Mr. Culver. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. Thank, you. Thank you so Bye. much. I'll talk to you later. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> wow that was so cool man that dude, that, that was that so was cool. awesome. i had such a good time like we went to his house to do his interview yeah like no tvs anywhere just like it's like a museum wow. of cool stuff and just mounds of old negatives and you're just looking you look down and you're like 45 grave adolescence you know just every single la punk band ever you're like amazing. this guy's got it it's amazing it's a that is amazing I mean, talk about talk about a body of work, man. Yeah, I, I think like, he, I think he's working on another book. So let's hope because uh, I would I would buy anything that he puts out. Uh, yes, with his awesome old eighties LA photographs. Hopefully, he can. Hopefully, if he does put out another book, he'll uh, correct those those photos yeah, to his he's, liking. He's very particular, and, and it shows in his work. As 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 he should be, as anybody should be. I mean, this Absolutely. is like, you know, this is part of the problem. You know, what can happen if, you know, like a great example, we see on these Blu-ray, when Blu-rays get re-released on like boutique labels, like the Vestron yeah. is a great example. You, you see, or just like, you know, Criterion or whatever, you see stuff that says um, uh, uh, supervised by the director of photography. Here's another one while you're talking. That's a haunted garage. Wow. Edward Culver haunted garage. Oh, oh, that's Edward. Wow. Yeah, haunted garage. It's a single. It's a promo single. Um, I'm getting a little, a slight echo on my side. I'm not sure. Oh. is that what? I got to plug in my headphones. That's oh, why. Okay, 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 okay. You, you got it. Good. You're good. Yeah, yeah. Um, that. That that was really cool though to to speak. That to was him. a treat. Yeah, oh, yeah. What a treat! I, Thank you. Thank you for that. Of really cool. Really, really cool. Um, but yeah, like you know, you have you have these um, you you have the the DPs supervising supervising these you know restorations of their films because they shot in a certain way. It has to look a certain way, and so. You know, I could totally understand um, uh, Ed Culver's gripes about like this doesn't look yeah. like the way that I photographed it. Totally get yeah. that. 
Yeah, I think there's a lot of reissues of damage to, he's not very happy with. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. He went to, uh, Carrot Top went to uh, uh, a horror maze with Dookie and Ed oh. Culver. Carrot, <laughs> were you, was that the one where they stopped Dookie and thought he was wearing a mask, but it was really just his face? <laughs> what? That's the story Ed tells me in the documentary. Wow. Yeah. That, that is crazy. That and don't is... forget, I have some conversation starters in your in your little thing there. Yeah, Jeff. let's go. Let's go into the book. Let's do that. Let's let's go into the little the little uh, the good. Where do you things. where do you want to take this first? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna pop, I'm gonna just randomly select something and okay. we're gonna play a clip. So so, um, this is raw. This is very raw and just very relevant to topics that you talk about. Okay, so these are clips that Kevin has um selected and he sent these to me it was so nice and listen not this is not a knock on any of my previous guests i've enjoyed all of my guests here but it's just it's wonderful to to have uh uh to get stuff like this uh to just take the show to a a, a different uh, uh view than than what we've had previously so this is fun all right so i'm gonna go to the, i'm just gonna go ready set yeah, yeah, I've seen the new singer. That song makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool, dude. Come on, dude. Your mic was off. <laughs> During almost any haunted garage show, Dookie can be seen horrifically chainsawing the stomach of some unsuspecting hippie, dripping blood and slime across his face, or seductively munching away at the crotch of a pair of decomposing legs. Now I remember that. Dookie is the mastermind behind the band, conjuring up the images and props with the help of some of his Hollywood special effects friends that he uses in his show. As a matter of fact, the aforementioned decomposing legs are a prop from Return of the Living Dead. Trigger warning. Sorry. <laughs> that was awesome. Okay. I watched the return of the living dead the other day and yes. I couldn't find that anywhere. So I'm going to the experts. Maybe it's from evil dead Two. I, I mean, return of the living dead Two. I'm not sure. I want to pass it to the experts and you guys find me those legs in return of the living dead. I, okay. So the first thing I thought of was, is this the, other part of the half corpse when they're axing the spinal column but then i'm thinking i don't think we we never saw her legs and why would we need i was to? thinking yeah no, i don't think it i don't think it could that's not it that could that that's definitely not it uh it must be from return of the living dead too i i don't know yeah, i will definitely with that one we we've been um you know i interviewed it's funny i have like i, I have all these interviews in the bank that i haven't you put on do the, the channel. documentary on this movie too man uh, yeah yes right well there's one that already is out there it's right. so good more brains it's so good like i don't know how much more definitive you can get than that and of course the 45 grave connection there linnea quigley was in a whole bunch of movies with dookie flyswatter and and uh uh dinah dinah Cantor, she she was the soundtrack supervisor for return oh really Dead. well that she would picked the bands she picked all the bands i didn't know that found that out recently it's a great little soundtrack and the cramps haunted garage went on tour with the cramps 
Yes, that is. I saw the flyer for that. That that yeah. they put. I mean, that's a perfect. That's a perfect billing. So there's. The, oh my God, there's lots of stories about that tour too. <laughs> really, I, I. You know, you're gonna have. This is where. This is what will bog you down when you're doing this. You have so much. Yeah. It's like how, like what, how does it go for? Oh my God. There's going to be so much on the cutting room floor. That's why you got to sign up for my Patreon. I mean, yeah. my Indiegogo, Dude, that my Indiegogo. There's a behind the scenes perk because I got to put some of this stuff somewhere. For sure. For sure. You do the bonus disc. Yeah. You do the bonus disc, but that doesn't mean that the bonus disc is a part of the DVD. It just means it's a DVD. <laughs> it just means it's a perk. That's it. Right. It's well, it's going to just be like, I'm just going to send them out whenever I find something cool that I want to send out, you know, like these little clips I'm showing you just like, yeah. this probably won't get used or it might be edited down, but like, here's a little story, that's, you know, like, that's like you, that's you do with your documentary. Yes. And that's the question you always have to ask yourself at the time you recording it, you're thinking, oh, this is good. This is good. This is good. Then you have to ask yourself, is this like, does this tell the story or yeah. is this add to any kind of I mean, meaningful narrative no i'm gonna true. have i'm gonna have about 15 <coughs> and like if you give everyone two minutes that's a full-length documentary so there's gonna be a lot there's gonna be a lot on the that's uh good stuff left over yeah i mean you know if you have you know you said you had 40 interviews so far over, so that so means far, yeah and if each one of those interviews is an hour long, that means you have 40 hours of footage. And if a documentary yep. is 90 minutes to two hours long, then you're going to have your, you know, that's a, I mean, that's a, a good shooting ratio for a documentary is like yeah. one to 10 or something. It's, like it's going to really be high. like this, man. Yeah. Well, the trailer, listen, the trailer really speaks to what you're capable of. And Thank you. Um, it's going, yeah, it's going to be, I can't wait to see it when it comes out. And guys, again, if you're just joining us, you can, uh, you can support the creation of this art Please. by donating now to the dookie This is independent art. This is not something that's backed by any sort of, as, as Lloyd Coffin would say, it's not backed by the evil conglomerates. Lloyd Coffin, who we are interviewing <laughs> next week for this documentary. There you go. There you go, Uncle Lloyd. Lloyd Coffin will, another uncle. Will be in the lie, life and slimes of Tiki Flyswatter and Haunted Garage, talking about the trauma classic "Surf Nazis Must Die," starring Dookie right. Flyswatter. Right, right, yes. Where's my props? This this Ooh. just came out in February. This Blu-ray. Wow. Uh, Nazis. I got to check that out. Yes, yes. <laughs> so yeah, um, that's. That, just going back for a second, I'm throwing that Return of the Living Dead fact out to all you experts. Someone find me oh, where that right. prop is because right. I don't know where it is, and I would like uh, – that's part of the story, man. Well, I'll tell you something. You know, in terms of Return of the Living Dead, I'm discovering stuff all the time in that film, and I spoke to Miguel Nunez, a.k.a. Spider, and, uh, for this channel, I just still haven't friggin' put it out yet. It's it's ready to I go. I know I'm waiting for it. Oh, I'm just like I just I have to like I have to edit. And some speaking things. of awesome interviews you've done, although I haven't watched it yet, how how am I supposed to follow Lee Ving, man? <laughs> I mean, I guess I gotta get like an Ed Culver on here to like bump it up because yeah, I mean following that Lee was Ving, that guy is a legend. Yeah, that was very cool. I I was very very nervous to talk to Lee Ving, and um I. 
didn't know what to expect and i really I can't wait i haven't watched it yet i can't wait to watch it's it. it's not out but um, oh that's why i haven't watched you, you it you will yet. see it you will absolutely see it you, you will be one of the uh, you will definitely be seeing it and uh, i've got to do a, a, a that's another one i need to do a little prep oh, on so he's following me yes yes Jordan. yes yes although he, he was the last not, person interviewed he was the last person before you interviewed yeah. i believe for who was it? Did I, I don't know I'm trying to think did i have I have so many episodes. I also have Brian Usna. No one's seen the Brian Usna interview yet. I mean, I mean what am I doing, right? Um, yeah, it'll come out. out. It'll be out. Yeah. You get, um, it's good to have a backlog for when when you don't have a oh, backlog. Oh, my God, yes. So, But but I asked him, I said, Miguel, what's up with the friggin' mushrooms in Return of the Living Dead? He's like, hmm. what are you talking about? I'm like, dude, in the graveyard with you and uh, Trash, there's like all these mushrooms. I didn't notice that. <laughs> And oh my god, they're they are they are there, dude. They are there. Yeah. And he was like, I don't even know what these are. He's like, he's like, wow, you must be a really big fan. Cause like <laughs> he was like, yo, send me a yeah. picture of that. Yeah, he was like kind of blown away. <laughs> um funny. I would love to have Ringo on. That would be talk about all right. If if Jeffrey Combs What's up, Robbie Bloodshed Jeffrey Combs melted me into the floor, I would love to uh, Ringo would too. What's up, Robbie? Um, freaking, um, God, where, where are we going with that? Oh yeah. The clips. Let's go to the next clip. Now. Yeah. Pick another clip. All right. Ready? This is fun. I got to do no, this. No, I thought this was, this was going to be a good avenue for it. Yes. All right. Here's another clip. Ready, everybody? My band, I've been doing various forms of it for about seven years, but like shock rock, uh, horror rock started like in the fifties with Screamin' Jay Hawkins and some other people like that. We're still around today. Screamin' Jay Hawkins, I think was one of the very first, uh, him and, and him jumping down the coffin and, and uh, lighting up a stage with flash paper and everything like that. He just blew me away when I was a kid and I saw him on television. Screaming Jay Hawkins was a big influence on me. I remember as a kid watching this show on TV. Part of it was a puppet show. There was this magician puppet that was like hypnotizing this girl puppet. He was making her float in the air. And then he started singing, I put a spell on you. And I was just like blown away. It wasn't until I got to high school that I started listening to Dr. Demento and found out who it was and got myself a Screaming Jay Hawkins record. Then was lucky enough to open for him at Club Lingerie. That was really wild. Even though the band hadn't been together very long, we were raging that night. Screaming Jay Hawkins was like going on about after the show, we were all going out and getting fur burgers. He was getting pretty li liquored up. It was later when Danny Dorman and Michael Lino Edmondson were in the group. Michaelino Addison, he was a pretty good guitar smith. He had a, a monkey fur jacket. That was his big claim to fame. Screaming Jay Hawkins really liked. Yeah, he says that we were like the new version of what he started a long time ago. Wow. Um, and well, I have a specific thing to say about this. Yeah, go ahead, please. Because I don't know how many times Screaming Jay Hawkins played Club Lingerie. Maybe he played there all the time. Maybe he played there once with Haunted Garage. Yeah, but this might be the same night that you talked about with the flash paper story, because he was liquored up at Club Lingerie in the late '80s. It fits. It does fit, and I was literally going to reference that video and that story. I'm so glad that you watched that. Yeah. When I saw that, I was like, I got something for him. Oh my god! I am... I want to think that that was the same night. 
it's very possible, you know, who we'd have to act. Well, I don't it was know. like 1987, I would say, was when the show was. I think this was, I think the, the, the incident with the, I don't think the senders were still playing. I think it was the senders because Philip Marcade was in the senders and the senders were done but by that time. So I'm not mm. sure. It's possible. It's very possible. But here's the thing that I'd said in that video, and this is the truth. You have to imagine Stephen J. Hawkins was a drunk. Yeah. Stephen yeah. J. Hawkins, you know, he fell into liquor. I, I did a whole deep dive on Stephen J. Hawkins, uh, who, by the way, is, you know, Haunted Garage is absolutely, all of these guys, all of this stuff, it all comes from him. He is, he is ground zero, in my opinion. Yeah. He's the originator yeah. of all of it, man. 100%. Um, just, just like the, the greatest, the greatest there was, but he was, he was living in obscurity and, you know, playing, uh, rib joints, uh, on the piano and yeah. just getting drunk. Right, right. Right. And like, yeah. you know, you'd imagine, you know, that this, that the incident, the, in, in a nutshell, without getting into pulling out the whole video, like the, the whole story in a nutshell, super quick, Screaming Jay Hawkins would buy bulk contact paper. The contact paper was create the flames that seemed to come out of nowhere. That was part of this magician paper. And uh, one of his cigarette ashes, <laughs> one of his cigarette ashes fell in his like bag that had all this contact paper that he had just bought and caused a ginormous explosion at the bar that caused Screaming Jay Hawkins to fly back and hit the wall. Drunk, like you have to imagine that did he say something funny after that too? Uh, yeah, he, I don't remember what he said, but yeah. you have to imagine that he had to have um, uh, done that on more than one occasion when he got drunk. That he he got drunk a lot, and he had to buy contact paper all the time because he was doing shows. So yeah. that comp, just like gasoline and, and matches, right? Like that had to have happened more than one time that had to be a semi-regular occurrence where but i know it was definitely you said it was at club lingerie so yes it's it's possible it's possible yeah robbie um screaming jay hawkins was if if you were if you were in new york in like the late 70s early 80s you could just walk into like a club and screaming jay hawkins would be five feet in front of your face playing playing on a piano it's just such easy that's how we started playing with the fuzz tones and there's a live recording of that it's a great recording of, of them yeah. doing about eight songs um yes this is true screaming jay hawkins had somewhere between 57 and 75 illegitimate children there used to be a website jayskids.com yeah are you one of jay's kids yeah, are you one of talk about it there's there's a documentary about it. Um, in fact, he is he is a fascinating fascinating man. And where is the biopic? Where is the biopic? Right, that's a good idea. And, and one last thing. It, one last thing about actually, I do have a Screaming Jay Hawkins related project, like fictional project that I nice. sort of been, but that's neither here nor there. Um, what I I've, I've been saying this for years. Fucking Screaming Jay Hawkins. Listen, Levi Stubbs was great as Audrey too in Little Shop of Horrors. But I could have totally imagined Screaming Jay Hawkins doing the voice of Audrey too. He would have Well, been I don't know where I heard this from, and I guess it wasn't from you, 
But I heard the person who was the name who did Audrey 2's voice. We Levi Stubbs. I heard he was doing an impression of Screaming Jay Hawkins. Stop it! Yeah. So you're you're right on the money with that. And then let me let me take it another layer. Have you ever seen this movie, Sorority Babes in the Slime I Ball? Own it. Mama? Right. I so you know it. that Dookie Flyswatter is the voice of the imp. I did not know that. Oh well, guess what? He was doing an impression of Audrey what? too. Oh my god. So this is Dookie <laughs> Flyswatter doing an impression of the guy doing an impression of Screaming Jay Hawkins. It's just it, 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 you can't make that. And then Linnea Quigley, of course. Of course, of course. Um, and the Blue Ray. You got to get her. You got to get her in your documentary. I tried. I yeah. It's it's not a total loss yet, but we we were in contact about it, and we I tried to meet up with her when I was in L.A. Um, I got the other two scream queens. We were all collectively trying to get her down to, so we could have all three at once. It didn't happen, but I still would love to get her in the documentary. I feel like it would be incomplete without her. Let's let's talk about that a little bit because I have a lot of experience in this matter too. When you yeah. are trying to solicit people for interviews, is such a difficult or can be uh, such a difficult task. And she's because, busy, you know. When she's not doing movies, she's totally, got all her dogs. Totally. Um, how, how was that experience? I mean, you had, as you said, you had unfettered access, so you had a lot of introductions. I'm sure on some level. But were there any, and you don't have to name names, but did you find yourself at, at, at any time where you had to like do, really sort of do some like monkey tricks to like, you know, uh, uh, get get a couple of sound bites in the can? Not really. Not really. Wow. I mean, there's some, there's some people I'm still trying to get. So maybe I'll have this story right. next time we talk, you know, but um, right. yeah, I'm still trying to get some people, including some of the old band members of haunted garage you can't take no for an answer That's no the number it's one gonna thing. be incomplete without them and i the hope that with thing. this launch and the trailer and like all this press like they're just gonna have to be like all right i'll do it <laughs> yeah just you, you know what there are some people out there that they need to see something before they want to get and the, and the biggest issue isn't wrangling them so much as I don't have direct contact with them. I've had indirect contact with these people and that's not good enough. Like I at least want to be like, Hey, even if you tell me no, tell it to me. And like, at least let me be in contact with you about it. You know what I mean? So that's where I'm trying to be with some of these people. Yeah, no, for sure. And you know what, if you come back, here's the thing. I, I have often, you know, in general and especially in today's world and I, without getting, without going too far off this path, um, the word no is a very important word that must always be respected. They haven't but, said no, they just haven't said yes. Yeah. Right, In the, but in the matter of trying to chase people for interviews, you should never take no for an answer. You always just take it as a not yet. Yeah, you yeah, just, exactly. You put it on the back burner and you go, I will come back to you later. There's a thousand fish to fry and there's so many people I could talk to. I'm just going to focus now on something else. And then I'm going to circle back around and try and speak to you. And yeah. I, there were several times where that happened to me, where it, it took years, but I finally spoke to people that I had been trying to speak to for a long time, you yeah. know? So yeah. it's like, um, 
I definitely have enough material to make a full-length documentary already, but to me, it's going to be incomplete without some of these people in it. So, right. you know, and oh. it's not, it's not that they're like, you know, they're just not in the public eye, like at all, you know? So it's just kind of like one of those situations for the most part. They're, they're just like off the grid more or less and just doing their own thing. They're like old people now, you know what I mean? Yes. Yes. Um, but yeah, you, I'm you hoping will... at a certain point, they're going to be like, well, I don't want everyone else to talk for me because I am part of right. the story. Right. It's so true. Let's play that next clip. Ready? Third clip. One more going clip. For it. Ready? One more. I always love when they do the misfit covers. If there's anything that I had done to affect Dookie on the music, I was a big Misfits fan. Michael had heard of the Misfits, but he had not heard them. I'd play the Misfits and he's and he would like bit by bit say, Who is this? Are they saying like movie titles in the songs? Yeah, this is the Misfits. This is brilliant. And I said, and it's punk. If there was anything I, I might want to say to you of the music that I've heard of your blues band is that it's just a tad too slow. Maybe if you just kicked it up a little bit, that might be your little niche. At the time, the Misfits had been broken up. Yeah. This is around uh, 87 now. He started coming up with titles that may not necessarily have been from movies, but they sounded like they would be titles for movies. Michael writes horror movies. That changed things. The tempo just got phenomenally faster. And all of a sudden, people were, were forming pits. Yeah, especially Little Green Men. Once people heard that, people that knew Haunted Garage before were saying, wow, this is different. It was a perfect thing for post-punk because punk, there were, you know, punk rockers. These people were coming over to the shows, you know, and not just the Misfits either. There were other bands that were doing it. There were a couple of bands that they had played with, like the Serial Killers and, and even Guar. I was not aware of the Misfits before Haunted Garage, so I, they had no influence on me whatsoever. Wow. I had no idea that Haunted Garage would cover the Misfits. Yeah, well, and they were doing it in the, ni- the early 90s when that was kind of a rare thing. The Misfits were still yeah. kind of just they, they hadn't quite reformed yet, and they were still broken up. You know, it was that weird period. Yeah, and they would be doing Misfits cover. And then t- until today, like, they would always play um, their yeah, song, Little Green Men, and then they would play A, a Martian right after it. That is, I, I, okay, now I want to hear what that sound, I want to hear their covers of well, that. Well, I can, it's actually yeah. on YouTube now, but uh, it's been on, yeah, I, we, I'll get you yeah, some. Yeah, you'll, you'll, it's, you'll it's show it to awesome. me. And, oh, let me, here's a story I have to tell. Because, go ahead, go ahead, Because please. of this whole subject. The reason I ever heard of the Misfits was because of Haunted Garage. So because what? because I because I was such a young kid, you know, when I got into them, I was like 10 or 11 right. years old. And I used to trade bootlegs, you know, like cassettes and, and VHS tapes of like concerts and stuff. I'm a big tape trader. And I got this Haunted Garage bootleg, which is still to this day, probably my favorite show of all time that I've ever seen. It's You know, and I actually found a... Not the whole show, but an alternate angle of that same show uh, in Dookie's archive when I was digitizing it. So that was like a real treat for me. Um, and at the end, they did this whole encore of like five Misfits songs. They did uh, Where Eagles Dare, Martian, All Hell Breaks Loose, 20 Eyes. Wow. And, and All Hell Breaks. Did I say that? Maybe. Yeah, you said that already. Yeah. 
Oh, and then they did their version of the Hokey Pokey, which sounded like a Misfits song. Um, and I was just like, these are the coolest songs I've ever fucking heard. What is this? And it wasn't until like probably at least, I mean, it seemed like a long time at the time, but when you're 10, 11 years old every year, it seems like a long time. Uh, when I was in middle school, I heard my friend in the lunchroom singing like, I ain't no goddamn son of a... And I was like, this kid does not know who Haunted Garage is. What is this? Wow. That night, I borrowed Collection 1. The next day, I had the box set. Wow. This must have been 1995. Wow. Okay, so couldn't... Uh, okay, wait. Did the box set... Came, I think the box set came out in 96 or 97. No, maybe this it was in 1996. <laughs> right, right, right. Whatever the box set came out is when yeah. you had... Yeah, wow. That yeah. is... So, um, and then amazing. the Misfits, of course, just changed my life forever. Right, you know? right. But but it's interesting how... It's interesting, A, how you were... Ex that's how you were exposed to the Misfits. It was all because of Haunted Garage. So I was singing those songs before I knew they were were misfit songs and I it was funny because yeah sorry go ahead. My, go ahead my brother was a big typo negative fan and I, I was too but i was they were actually my first concert but he actually saw them halloween night at lamore's one year and that's when they did the encore with jerry and doyle right before michael joined the band oh. and i guess pete was still singing those songs i know there's a whole that's thing the first that. that's like the first show straight up yeah. Yeah, so my brother was actually there, and he came home. He's like, these guys came up for the encore, and I think he would really like them. And I had no idea. I knew who Danzig was, but I had no idea he was in the Misfits. And I just kind of like, oh, that's cool. I didn't think about it until years later when I discovered them the way I just told you. And then I was like, oh, my God, you saw the fucking Misfits with Pete, the typo negative. Like, that's insane. Oh, wait, wait. You said this was at Lemoore's. Okay, so it was in, not... Yeah. The, no, no, the first one was at Coney Island. Uh, Coney Island oh, Coney Island uh, High. No, no, but this was this was a typo negative show where Jerry right. and Doyle just came up for the encore and played a bunch of Misfit songs with them. Oh, 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 oh. So that so was, was the before same Michael night. Michael... Oh, that was the same the night. They then later that night went to Coney Island. Wow, really? High and played with Michael Graves and Dr. Chud for the first was time. Was that I, the, um, the Shocking Return me, so. show? Yes. Yes, I believe so. I believe so. Do not I used quote to me on that. I used to listen to that all the time. But I think that I think that that they had played a show earlier that night at like a typo negative I, hmm. show. Okay, maybe yeah. it was. Halloween night. I, I, it's we, very, we, it, I'm sure we could go to Misfit Central and figure this out. Oh, we can do one better because when, when Tank, when uh Jonathan Grimm comes back on the show we'll, we'll just ask him directly we'll just ask him directly because he yeah. was there for all of it all mm -hmm. of it i mean the guy was was literally there um which is great so we could because i you know misfits 95 is somewhat of a blind spot for me not not entirely but compared to say i mean well all of it's a blind spot but you know in terms of like what i'm familiar with um i'm sure you're still more knowledgeable than most people in the world about it <laughs> I I don't know where I don't know why or how and, and then and you know it's sorry, a couple of years later no I sorry to cut you up um, I did go back to Lemoore's and I re remember it was 2011 because I remember getting lost in the city with my brother and passing by uh, the the tower rubble at the time because streets were closed and we didn't have Google Maps yet so you know the city was all messed up and we were trying to get to, to Lemoore's to go see graves 
the band graves oh really with you know him and chud and and i don't know who else was in that band I forget. oh was that their first show the web of dharma i don't know the web of dharma was out i don't know if it was their first show or not okay, maybe it wasn't their first show I and i convinced that. my brother to go because they were playing with lacuna coil and he wanted to see them huh so I actually, that was my first time I met Michael Graves. I bet you Joe, I don't know, I think Joe's not here anymore, but Joe, who's Michael Graves' bass player for years and years and years, and he's Mr. Monster. Oh, you put, and you, I, think you, I met him before. You Did definitely I tell you met about- him, but you, you, you and Jason were in a band together. Yeah, yeah, briefly. Yeah, Jason was the, um, drummer temporary drummer for the band skeletal life and played a couple shows with us opening right. for, doyle, for um, doyle right oh my yeah, god Blackthorn. you were there right yes i was there oh my god yeah, we both shot doyle's set. that was the last time i saw jason alive that Crazy. might have no i think i saw him play with um with goolsby once after that Dude. and he was like yo we should do some video stuff i'm like yeah hit me up man yeah that's kind of why we had a falling yeah. out before yeah died. i know i know yeah. <laughs> well oh, i'm sure no, i guess that was his number two <laughs> <laughs> um but talk about talk about like wanting you know uh uh wanting you to you know like uh i don't know you know not even not even i, did, not I didn't know him person. that well but like jason was, was a very nice guy he a he was a, yeah he was a solid dude and even though him and I didn't see eye to eye at the end, uh, I still was very, very sad and to hear yeah. about what happened. And his music um, touched a lot of people. A yeah. lot of people. I know. I didn't go to the yeah. the shows and stuff. But I know my singer of my band performed Jesso Lantern. Um, I didn't go to those shows, but I did. You know, I felt weird. Like I, I don't, I didn't want to go to the 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 funeral thing, but I did go to the Clash Bar where they had like an impromptu Mr. Monster style set. And there were a bunch of people there. And I thought that was just my way of paying my respects. And I thought that was, uh, you know, um, because I was living in the city and I was like, well, if the subway can't take me there, it's a real bitch. Yeah. Oh, to get to clash bar, it would have been, which is closed now, by the way. But yeah, that would have been, um, that would have been that would have been tough. Yeah. Robbie says he used my symbols for that. Um, that oh, show. for my show. <laughs> That's for awesome. Show, for the I guess for the Great. Doyle. We show. have an amazing uh, soundboard recorded and like multicam edit of that whole performance on YouTube. Go look it up. Skeleton. Yeah. Blackthorn Fifty One. Check it out. You see Jason Trioxin. Yeah, and we have like full makeup. It's like a really good show for us. That's awesome. And then it's great because we got the Doyle amps in the background, just makes the stage right. look awesome. Right. Um, and you gave me some of that footage to use in my edit for the for for Rock and Roll Cooking with Sal B. Yes. The right. um so that I could have the uh, uh multicam. Um that was which is are you going to see Doyle this week on Friday? Yeah. That's tomorrow. I got my wife is out of the country yeah, and right. I have two I go kids. I would yeah, like, it's, to, but it's like okay, twenty five bucks, and I'm just like, eh, hey. I <laughs> sorry, I mean, Doyle. <laughs> you can't top that. Yeah. All right. You were at the MSG show too. Yeah. 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 I was up. I was way up there somewhere. Bro, you can't top the damned opening for the Misfits. I impossible. missed most of their set because I was late, but I I was watching it 
my friend live stream it on YouTube while I was on the train. And then we got Hero. there for the last few songs. So at least Hero. it was all like neat, neat, neat. And, and it was actually um, DJ Templar. I was watching his stream and he's the um, the creator Red of the Red Party. Party. Yeah. yeah. The Red Party. Shout out yeah. Shout well, out. I saw this past weekend at um, the dark side of the con. Is he, Does he still do the Red Party or is that? Yeah, they're actually... Because I was I was talking to him this weekend. I saw him at this convention, and I was like, I remember the first red party ever. I went to it. Uh, it was must have been. He's like, it must have been thirteen years ago because we're doing our thirteenth anniversary this month or next month. I'm like, and holy crap! You were also involved with uh, a vampire show. Vampire I remember Fruits? when you were no. It was a uh, web series. The sky Sky of the Damned or something like that. I don't. I just remember you were shooting a vampire. You or maybe I don't know. You shot yeah, something I helped, for. A I helped vampire. do like a promo for it. I didn't shoot the actual show, but yeah. Oh, okay. I, I never actually saw the, the whole thing. I saw my the thing I did. But... Right, 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 right. Yeah, I don't know what ever um, happened with that, but I saw. I remember you were doing something like that in my periphery. It was there that you were. Yeah. yeah. That you were working on that as well. Um, do you think that so so? Did you always want to do something more than? Because here's the thing: you started off as a musician, and then you jumped over to doing videography stuff. Well, I feel like I've always done both. Okay, you know, like I I was editing tape to tape SVHS machines in high school. Okay, so I was always doing both. Although music is the main passion, it doesn't make you any money. No. You don't do it. Video is definitely the professional route, right? Do you um? D- did you eventually say in your head, okay, like I'm I've been doing videography and I've done all these events and stuff, but like I want to do something. I want to tell a story. You know, I want to do something like that. Kind of, yeah. I always felt like I was capable of it. I just I don't have the time. I'm always I was hustling and living in the city. You know, like mm-hmm. doing three jobs a day and then trying to do my own personal stuff at night and. It was because of the pandemic. I had the time to start actually doing it, and that's again why why it happened. It's awesome, man. Yeah. Do you think that? Do you think that it's something that you will um, continue? I'm hoping, I'm hoping this is the path to a new, you know, a career path. I'm hoping this that's is great. a jump point. You know, I I do have other documentaries in mind after this. Um, actually, I don't know if I want to say too much about it but i was in talks with somebody about doing a documentary about their band and i was about to start it right before they died this was during the pandemic so oh i already know who this is and i have to tell you i had never i i won't say who it is because you didn't say who it is but i will say this i had never listened to any of that music until the day that he uh that that happened and i literally listen to that music for the first time because you posted what you posted about and i was like hmm i wonder what this music is about if he like cares about it that much like i wonder what it's all about so i actually checked it out i checked it out the day that that happened because i was very curious to um to just see what you were writing about i'm sorry for your loss i mean it's just so all your losses I wasn't that close to him, but like I was close to him in the fact that I, it was like a home for us to go to their shows and. Just I saw. Did, did you send me something? 
or what did, did you send me something or did somebody else send me something there was like a uh yeah it was like a, a, a sort of like a, do, a little documentary thing and he's drinking wine and yeah and that was my old TV show, Twilight Vision. Right. That's okay. what I was doing when I was filming 45 <coughs> so it never came out. Right, right, right. And, and in hindsight, that was probably the most extensive interview <sighs> that he's ever given. And, and it was with for me, you know. You still have the footage, right? Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. Dude, I mean. You... I know. It's the start of it. I, I have the manager's blessing actually they came to me to do it a couple of years ago they were like the manager of this band was like hey man would you be interested in do- doing this documentary holy crap and i was like oh sure this was probably like four or five years ago but it wasn't something that i had the time or budget to actually do i was like yeah i'll get to that eventually wow. now and then my last text with that person who died was like we were going to um set up a, a date and i was just kept pushing it back because i live in the suburbs and it's like a whole task to like drive to the city and and all that stuff and actually the i think the last thing he ever sent me was a misfits re- reference really <laughs> he was like that's cool cough <laughs> and yeah. and of course it's like a, a little bit of a statement about wearing uh, oh, cover your face when you walk by right. during the pandemic and everything. Right? Why the hell didn't Glenn and Jerry put out masks? Oh, what an idea! Golf, cool masks. Like Dude, I, I just don't understand that's the next the, merch item. <laughs> it, you know, it was. You know who came up with it? Rue Mork actually came up with that. I can't take credit Where's for that. Who? Is he here tonight? I don't know if he's in the the chat. I don't think so. But uh, he 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 always, you know. If, if you watch this show, you know you've heard me say the name Rue Morga a thousand oh, yeah. times. A hundred times. He's been there. He's been there. He's kind of like I kind of view him as like the Fred from like the the comments. For anybody who's ever watched, I, I'm not comparing myself to Howard Stern. I'm just saying that mm-hmm. he always had this guy who was always there. I just always feel like that's Rue. Like he was yeah, always. I respect screen. that because I always watch your videos after the fact. I'm never. I'm not. Dude. <laughs> Dude, I saw you like commenting, like on I just binge him. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that's what was so funny. I was like, "Holy shit!" He's like working his way through these. And again, if you just like, you know, I, I, I didn't realize like that YouTube could be that kind of format. That's what mm-hmm. was fascinating. That like, you know, you said something to me off in our in the chat. We were chatting, and or no, what, I don't. Oh no, no. Before we started, you were talking about like, you know, we were talking about like creating too much work for ourselves and how it can like stifle progress oh, and yeah doing the music thing yeah and and that is me to a t i will take on a thousand tasks and i have adhd and it's just the it's the worst thing ever i'll i'll, I'll focus on this and then i put that to the side and i do something else yeah um, but what's interesting what's interesting the beauty the art of the live stream it's this new thing where a it's instantaneous content it's, instantaneous you yeah. just do it yeah i you just do it that. man uh and every and it's funny hearing you talk sometimes now because usually when i watch your show i put it on two times the speed so it just like <laughs> you should yeah I, I do that with podcasts i i put it on so 1.5 two is too so fast you sound like you're oh, talking so that? Right. <laughs> um, so 
No, but that's good because listen, and again, there's your watch hours in, right? Bro, there's but there's no literally there there is on this channel, there is um I don't even know. Well, I 2021 was 14,000 live minutes streamed, which is 1.5 weeks. So it's mm-hmm. like <laughs> there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff out there, you know, just various shit. Um and the beauty of it is, is that you just do it. You talk once it's out there. That's it. It's out I there. Know. You don't that's have to problem. edit anything. Yeah. Editing is the problem. It I have so kills much you. stuff that nobody's ever seen because it's like, well, you know what? I have great intentions and no budget. So. Right. And so how do you get around that? How do you get around that? And then I love it. You know, yeah. People will be like, you know, the complainer or something be like, dude, it's literally like, it's just. So don't watch it. It's free on the internet. Donate now. Yeah. Um, But, but yes, there's, it's like, this is a platform where it's like you're doing live spoken word slash podcasting slash like, you know, radio, like you're doing all these things at the same time. It's interactive. It's just like already there. And it's there. And people are, people watch with you. They interact. It's just this incredible new thing. And, you know, if you, if you friggin if you can talk, then you can live stream. You know what I mean? Thank yeah, you. You're, you have a great, you, you're great at the talking. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I and I would that. like, to, well, I did try kind of start something similar with the Andrew. I was w. just about to say yeah. the Andrew WK files. I Let's talk about that. It's just like, it's on the back burner because I have way too much stuff to do. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's another fascination. Andrew WK, who literally disappeared. Do you know the latest? Um, well, I see again, once again, and as with so many things, I like, I get drips and drabs from what I see from what you post in my periphery. Yeah. Yeah. So I saw you post that video that he did in 3d and, you know, I always try to leave a comment or I've left several comments on those videos, you know, try to boost up stuff or not. Yeah. What's going on? He, he put out this album last year. God is partying. Right. And the videos were just like the craziest. Because if you know anything about the concept of Andrew WK, it's a very, the music is a smoke show. It's just a distraction to the magic trick that's behind the music. That like, he is this whole, it's a whole thing. Like it's, I, it would take me hours to get into all right. of it. But <laughs> right. it's like, he's a character um, controlled by this corporation and, maybe there's something sort of um supernatural about it because he can't die he just has to party all the time and of course the first time we ever see him most people was at the party hard video and that was 20 years ago and now his new videos are kind of like a meta a step back behind the scenes of like what that is in his world it's just the craziest thing if you like conceptual music horror like it's all there and then, but the biggest thing that happened recently was he put out this album, he canceled his tour, but of course it was like a COVID thing too. He did two festival dates where he, he was acting very weird on stage, like a puppet, which is a whole kind of a motif, you know, that he's like a puppet dude, just like has to go out there and be this character. And then he just disappeared. His website disappeared. All his social media was completely deleted. You can't even buy stuff from a store, like from his online store. It's just- I mean, he did that on purpose, right? Obviously, it's part of the whole thing. But like, 
wow, it, this is like the most interesting part of the story so far. And it's been going on for like 20 years. And, and the, my um, idea, which was directly inspired by your Misfit show here, except that it's yeah. not live streamed because I just want to yeah, like... You do a lot of editing. I do you a lot of editing. A and that's, lot of the production. That's part of that. my downfall. And maybe I should just adopt this Dude, just live stream it, dude. Yeah. Just live stream it. Just do it. And you know what? There, you. I mean, there is a niche for everybody. You should just talk about oh, yeah. the thing that they fucking love, and you yeah. just do it. You know, you, you. My idea was like I kind of like took some time and just archived as much material as possible, like old interviews and stuff. And right. I was, gonna, I was gonna go completely linear from the first thing you can find on, which which is an infinite amount of content. Trust me, if you're, you, right. I know you're worried about like running out of misfit stuff, and you probably never will. You will uh, no, I definitely that. will. I okay. definitely will. Well, we'll see. <laughs> There's always something else that's going to turn up. Um, and uh, and just kind of like review his past with the hind- with with the knowledge now of like right. the conception behind it. And right. like, can we find the clues? Like, what was he trying to tell us like back then that we just totally went over our heads? The the whole party thing is a complete smoke show. It's not about that at all. I will say I saw a video. I, I don't know much about Andrew WK, but I did see a video. Riot Riot says, dude puts on such a killer live show. I think he burns 3,000 calories per dude show. Jacked. And the music does stand on its own. It's not like it doesn't matter to the grand concept behind him, but it does stand on its own still. And he makes sure of that. He um that video that you posted or that you were doing a dissection of the, with the with the red yeah, and the blue all the new videos yeah phenomenal video but he he broke a leg many many years ago like fifteen I years know. ago mm-hmm. and um I just thought it was so awesome someone shared it with me that I feel like that went outside of the Andrew WK paradigm where it was like dude check it out he broke his leg but he's still partying super hard and it's just him like so partying super hard like yeah yeah the wheelchair he's banging on a piano he's head banging just awesome definitely go see him i had my tickets to his show but it got canceled you know i met him i met met him him a couple times um, at santos party house which he owns yes where i've seen him um perform with marky ramon oh really yeah yeah yeah, right he used to do that he used to do Mm -hmm. that and now marky ramon no, no, no knock against Mark and Ramon, but like, yeah. I kind of feel like there's so many musicians that are fans of the Ramones. Like, get somebody like Andrew WK or even Michael well, Graves, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Just get somebody. He's got these three guys who it's just, I don't know. It just kind of, it's like they're just trying to look like the Ramones. And I just like, yeah. I'm just kind of like, I don't, I don't need that, man. Like, give me, give me, do some, do some variety of some kind, you know? Um, yeah, I love great. watching them. I saw them do it at Irving Plaza too with Andrew WK. Yeah, oh, you did. Yeah, so I you saw did. him twice with Marky. And and how was that? That must have oh, been phenomenal. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's the Ramones with uh, the most high energy singer you could possibly imagine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, you just made me think again of that flag, that flag TSOL show at Irving sure. Plaza. It just and that was the, that was nine years ago, by the way. Wow. Not to like freak you out yeah and i'm trying to see if i can afford to go see the circle jerks who are on tour and um i know uh uh keith morris just got covid yesterday feel feel better keith yeah feel better i'm hoping to get to that show 
I don't know if I Oh, gonna... yeah, that's right. They are playing New York. I, you know, let me know. Let me know if you go. With, um, and the adolescence, which Tony from the adolescence is in my documentary. I saw that. I saw that on the, the, the all the, in your EPK, in your press kit. We actually wrote a song about Dookie Flyswatter for a dif- different band called The Ads, ADZ. Whoa. And, and then. Um, What's that called? Is it just called Dookie Flyswatter? The song? Flyswatter. And then a, a different album they had um is actually has dookie on their on the cover it's like him holding his eyeball and it's actually an edward culper uh photograph so wow um you know it's interesting too another band and i don't know how familiar you are with them talk about talk about gets or wants mm-hmm. um uh, or you maybe you maybe you've heard me talk about them on on the channel i'm sure you've heard of them before the mad are you are you into the mad or familiar with the mad at all um Screaming Mad George's yeah, band. Yeah, Screaming Mad George. Screaming I, Mad I George. don't know too much about them because they don't. Oh, I mean, I know from you talking about them. I've seen some clips, and I know some of his makeup stuff in movies. But They're I right up your alley. Hear, I would love to hear more about them. And um, interesting facts: the guy who you saw talking about influencing Haunted Garage with the Misfits. Yeah, uh, that's a guy named Johnny Psycho, and. He was a makeup, is a makeup artist, um, and he actually worked on Society with Screaming Mad George. Oh, he did. Oh, wow. That is, okay, that is freaking awesome. There is, a, you know, sort of a connection there. Yeah, dude, these makeup guys that Haunted Garage used to work for, work with, they're yeah, everywhere. You pick a movie, uh, major budget movie or low budget movie, like one of them has probably touched it. Hey, hey, guess what, Kevin? Um, Sharpie Riot says, yeah. email, email him at orders at riotstickers.com. And uh, Riot Stickers is going to hook him up with some stickers some, on, some, on uh, us. Some stickers for the documentary for sure. Oh, there there you go. You, you I already had that in mind. I will, um, uh, it, it, you, get, you can send him an email at orders at riotstickers.com or I, I'll put you in touch with them. Either way, Thank you reach so much. Out, reach out to Sharpie. Thank you, Sharpie. That's awesome. Great, great way to support um, the yes. promotion of, of this community. Which, by the way, guys, just to let you know, the yes. link is in the comments or in the ticker, at least. It's Dookie Doc. Go check it out. Go watch the video if you missed it earlier in the stream. That's why we're on the channel tonight. We're, we're here to not just talk with our friend Kevin, but learn about his documentary project that he's been uh, working on. And frankly, I really think. I, I think that it has, as I said, it's the perfect storm of everything that you need to really just sort of, maybe not, you know, maybe like the genre, at least genre um, festivals for sure, for mm-hmm. sure, that are thirsty for documentary, for documentaries are going to um, want stuff. Yeah, guys, we got members of Guar, Green Jelly, The Dwarves, Adolescents, yeah. uh we got Brink Stevens, Michelle Bauer, Bill Mosley. Yeah. Uh, we're getting Lloyd Kaufman later this month. We got Fred Olin Ray this week. I mean, it's, it's just, it's go, it is, it's, it's already nuts. It's, it's, Edward Culver, of course, Dean Carr, another famous photographer turned music video. Uh, you what, know, what, what is he, what is his work that I would be familiar with? Um, hold on. I think I have a, a I'm sure I thing. know. Maybe I, maybe I know it already. And I, I stole this from his house, uh, on the Hollywood <laughs> Hills. 
Let's see. Iron Maiden, Hatebreed, Pantera, oh, wow. Arbion Driven, Pantera cover. Wow. Um, Chris Rock, he's in the news. I've, uh, he did uh, something yes. recently. <laughs> Alice Cooper, <laughs> um, Tool, he did the album uh, artwork for Tool, Undertow. A now, let's, let's talk he did, about like, music videos like Sweet Dreams by Marilyn Manson. Oh, I remember that one. That that was a, that was a that was. He was yeah. He was a trip. It was a trip to talk. Um, let's talk about Alice Cooper for a minute. Yeah. In, in relation to like oh, where all great... this stuff fits in, like you know, because you know, I'll tell Alice you exactly where it fits in. Sure. D- does it? Well, I was going to ask you. Does it even fit in? Sort of. Does it circumvent? Does Does Dookie Flyswatter circumvent? Alice Cooper to the extent that he's keyed in on Screaming Jay Hawkins more, you know? Yeah, I mean, they never played with Alice Cooper. I don't think there's any direct connection, which is a shame because I probably could get access to one of the original Alice Cooper members who I've met a few times. But no, I don't Dude, they're always that. at Chiller, man. They're at yeah, Chiller. I actually met them at Chiller like 20 years ago once, Ooh. yeah. Um, so let me show you this uh, photo again by Edward Culver. And you see these mannequin heads and legs and stuff everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Let's just say uh, those might have been part of an Alice Cooper stage show. And um, wow. Like, let's say maybe in a dumpster somewhere where people like Haunted Garage could go acquire them. That's amazing. <laughs> and use them in their show. Oh, that's awesome. So, uh, yeah. They used to find out where he his stuff would go after his tour. And, um, they just fought they they, just they, they, in some haunted garage shows, and that's kind of where they fit. They are they are literally Alice Cooper's trash. I, oh my god, I kind of feel like that's like a quote on the back of that fucking Blu-ray <laughs> right there. And, and I actually, Alice I, think I found the mannequin parts in his show. Um, I'm pretty sure it was from his 1987 show, which was released as like uh, the Nightmare Returns. Hmm. It was touring uh, the Constrictor album, I believe. I am not. Uh, Alice Cooper is a blind spot. For it was like the teens period where he was doing like uh, the, you know, he's doing the, the Jason song and stuff like that. Right. Trying to stay. Well, I mean, he's like, he is, he's an, av- besides golf, he's an avid horror. Of uh, course. He, yeah, he did uh, the man behind the mask. Remember the, for one of the, Probably the thirteenth movies in the eighties. Huh. He's a uh, very eighties, super eighties. Um, but I, it just you know you look at you look at what um you look at what they're doing on the stage, and you know what's interesting too. No matter how many different times you see some sort of theatricality to a band, like Guar or Green Jelly or Haunted Garage or Alice Cooper or Screaming Jay Hawkins. And it doesn't feel like none of them feel like they're derivative of each other in any no. way, shape, or form. They feel That's so funny. like unique. All That's of them stuck together. They were kind of like you're weird, like me, but like in a totally different way. So a lot of people, especially compared Guar to Haunted Garage, you know, they shared a record label, by the way, and there was always a rumor right. kind of like that Metal Blade acquired Haunted Garage so that they wouldn't be competition to Guar which I don't believe is true at all because I've asked members of Haunted Garage and Guar that question and they don't think so because what they were doing was kind of 
they were both theatrical, but in very different ways. Like the the thing that sells Haunted Garage, um, in that makes them different than Guar, is that Guar are characters telling a story, right? As Haunted Garage, that's like really them, and that's what makes it scary. So like you might get some fake blood at a Haunted Garage show, but you also might see him pierce himself and get some real blood. You never know what's coming. Right. Or that's, the fly. You, you really the, do that. I've seen, I have mouse videos, traps. mouse traps, which is, uh, this is a mouse trap used by Dookie Flyswatter at the last ever Haunted Garage show. <laughs> nice. Um, uh, yeah, they. Now, will your documentary cover that, like that, those aspects as well? Like, you know, mm-hmm. the, the ending and like, of, yeah, of everything. Yeah. I mean, I guess so. <laughs> it has I'm, to, right? I mean, you have to tell a story. Yeah, I kind of like they they had basically retired by the time I got there because of the pandemic, you know. Yeah. And then I convinced them to do one last show. It was only like four songs uh at the Green Jelly Studios while I was in town. So not only would it live online and I would have soundboard audio, but I could also shoot it myself and it would be like the ending of my documentary. And you did all that, right? Yeah, it's all. Yeah, that was and last summer. Now, if you wanted to, if you decided to go that route, you literally could appear on screen and talk from your own personal experience. I could. I don't think the you're this. I'm just you yeah. listen, you're 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 figuring out that. your your own thing. I'm just saying that that you've because you've inserted yourself in the story that you could you know that you could do that you know one of my biggest problems for me is connective tissue mm-hmm. i have fragments across the board but i don't have enough fragments to go to really jump from one to the other and i was like who's what where am i going to find my connective tissue there's mm-hmm. nobody the only connective tissue is connective tissue that's not going to talk to me and I thought, who could be the connect tissue? I need to figure that out. I need mm-hmm. to figure out how to like, and I think I did. I think I figured out a way. I don't know if people will like it, but okay. it just makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, well, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying my point is, is that like, is that you, you can, you can wrap, like if you, if you do, when you do get to the end of your movie, that like, you it wouldn't be i don't think it would be weird if you if you did insert yourself in that kind of way yeah because people have uh, suggested it because there's at least one very interesting story i could tell but i have so many other people like i just don't want to crowd it with myself you know like i feel like my representation is in the right as the as the director yes 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 i no i i total I, i i get it Maybe it. maybe I'll get like a narrator or something like that, and I have some people in mind. That, but that's a whole another thing. That's not, right. Not crossing that bridge yet. Right, right. Um, have you now? You've, you're you're in the interview gathering stage. Are you? Have you approach? Are you approaching this from like a story? Like, have you written the story? I haven't yet? written the story. I just I knew lots of the history and i just asked everybody every relevant question to them and the story is going to tell itself from there which i already i already organized all my footage so far like i have it all in the chunks ready to be edited you know so that's it's good stay on there. top of that yeah 
in, I feel like I'm in the first five minutes of the documentary still, but like it's about 45 minutes of stuff so far. Oh no. It's so much stuff. But you're just gonna have to you're just gonna have to cut your good stuff. Yeah, I mean you're just gonna have to whittle. I mean that I and that's the beauty of if you're this is a this is some editor inside baseball, the idea of you take your timeline and then you duplicate it. Yeah, so that yeah, your timeline yeah. remains untouched, and then you fuck with the next timeline, and like oh, my, chop it down. I'm on, I'm on phase five already. Oh boy! <laughs> yeah, it just it just. I had to go through everything to create the trailer anyway, so I was like, "Well, let me just organize everything," and I'm right I'm like ahead of the game. No, that's that is that is good. That is where you want to be, and the best part is is that you're independently financing this and you don't have to worry about any of the the headaches until you decide to try and sell it and i really think like i said i i think you have a very good chance of doing someone that someone wants to buy it get at me but like in, in the meantime Dude, just aim for shutter me. bro aim I for know, shutter I, I am i always have been <laughs> That is like that's I just, the. Goal. I want to do this um, fundraiser first to kind of show that there's momentum behind it. Of so course. let's show them there's momentum behind it. That's right. So listen, you know, if you ideally donate, if you can't donate, share. Sure. You know, share oh it. Gonna be interested. Go, go listen to the music. Go check them out. Go, go listen. Like, see if it's for you, and then, like, wow, this is actually this really cool thing that I didn't know about. Now I'm going to, like, sort of spiderweb it. I'm going to share it all over the place so that, you know, people can learn more about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, of course, like, if you don't know the music, you probably know some of his movies, like Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers or Nightmare Hookers, which uh, have all the three Scream Queens in it. Also music soundtrack by haunted garage in this movie uh you know surf nazis must die blood diner like if you're in the horror horror scene you definitely know him even if you don't know him and right that's what this is all about is blowing people's minds and seeing you gotta get in the facebook groups man all the horror yeah. facebook groups hey, yeah you maybe you already have one but yeah send me some good ones um, the deep end of horror is a good one, but they only allow promotion on Sundays. But just okay, start showing. Yeah, I mean, that's you just get yeah, it out I'm there. Doing a lot of podcasts and stuff, but it's mostly in the horror community. Like, I want to good you know any punk rock podcasts and stuff besides this one. That's that's like a big spot for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying There's to think off the top now, of my head. But, yeah. There was Loki's show, but Loki has gone the way of the dodo. Um, uh, there was one. Um, I was on a show called Hey Homies that came out today. That's about the Aquabats, which is another costume band. Oh, 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 oh dude, we're big, big Aquabats household because my children, my, yep. my three-year-old daughter and my six-year-old son love the Aquabats. Yeah. We're the Aquabats. Yeah, so, yeah. I was on a podcast about the Aquabats today talking about, I mean, it was released today. Yeah. Talking about the documentary and connecting all the costume bands together. You know, oh, there! That talk about again another example of a super theatrical band that just does. So, here's the thing. Here's what I've realized about theatricality in bands. If I mean, look at Kiss. Kiss is completely. Everybody that's doing something visual is going to do it in their own unique way, and there's room for everybody. It's not like 
it's not a thing where it's like, oh, you're 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 ape in our niche. You know, you're in our niche. It's like, no, there's plenty of niche. In fact, you only you 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 strengthen everybody else by doing it. Yeah, and that's say. why they all, you know, they've all kind of crossed paths. You know, Guar and Honey Garage and Green Jelly were all friends back in the day, and and then Joe and the Chicken Heads used to do stuff with the Aquabats, and then there was Guar versus the Aquabats, right. which was a radio show. You know, it's all connected. It's raining like crazy. I was yeah, that sound. it was it was like thunder and lightning before we got on here. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it, it was like a big storm tonight. We live pretty close to each other. Yeah, we're like yeah. apart. He's so we're if you drive apart. if you drive down two eighty seven, we'll eventually uh, eventually we would we would meet. But yes, at, on yeah. our side of on our side of the Hudson, it's very, very rainy. It's yeah. really, really annoying. Um I, I need some I'm sick of this weather, dude. I'm I'm really tired of it. I need some some warmth. I know. I'm waiting for it. I got to tell you, I've just been waiting to go to a show, like any show. You know, like I want to just go out. Freaking! I want to see Fishbone. I want Fishbone. I want to see back to New York. I never seen them. them. No. What? I know. I. Okay. We have. I know. I I watched and I watched their documentary too. Oh, their documentary is like one of the best band documentaries ever. But I've seen them three times in New York City. You have to come with us the next time we go. I, I need to. They yeah. play the Brooklyn Bowl. They, I, I saw them on a boat. I remember that. Um, yeah. Oh, my God. Do they put on a good show? Oh, yeah. I know. I know. Those guys are incredible. They they, they really, really are. I'm just, like, dying. And I'll tell you, um, I've, I've also been, like, lamenting. Like, I lost one of my favorite bands, um, No Bunny. Is has, yeah, I know. Is I, I, you heard I, the whole. I don't really want to talk. About I don't know it, all but the specifics, but I know it's not it's ugly. It's ugly and terrible, and makes me so sad. And yeah, and I mean, I feel similarly about Misfits '95, but like, yeah, we. It's still those. It's bittersweet. Are- it's bittersweet. Well, here's the thing, you know, Misfits. I, I still listen. I listen to Misfits '95, yeah. but I also I still listen to Nobody. But like, yeah. you know, it, it's weird. Like, it's so bittersweet because, like, on one hand. I'm kind of like, why does nobody have to be connected to this? Why can't nobody be, nobody was a separate entity and it's just there. Like it's dead in the water. I'm like, I want somebody else to become nobody. Right. I want someone to become somebody. Yeah. That's <laughs> funny. That's a great concept. I love that concept. Like yeah. that just like go out and like, you don't even have to play nobody songs. You just go out and be somebody and like That's go funny. out and just a great name too. It's a great fucking name, dude. Yeah. And like, uh, you know, I don't know. It, it just the state of state of uh, live well, music is floundering. Yeah. I life. mean, related but not related because that's I think a more serious issue. But one of the topics we're definitely going to be talking about in the documentary a little bit is um, could haunted garage happen now in this cancel culture? Probably not. <laughs> I don't know. I. Th- <sighs> but the thing about their show was it was edgy and offensive but yeah it was all in good fun like they never punched down they were already at the bottom (laughs) right right um i i i i'd like to think that they still that it could still happen i think i think that you know it's like the same thing like glenn danzig made that comment that everybody ate up it was just so it was like if anything it just showed me how it showed me how out of touch, I thought Glenn was when he made that comment because 
there's like, I mean, there's, there's counterculture happening right now. There's a band, there's a band out in, in, on the West coast. I forget their name. There's some uh, thrash metal, whatever. And they're so frustrated by not being able to play shows for whatever reason that they have actually hollowed out a minibus like trolley and they set up Mm. right outside of shows of big established bands Mm -hmm. they set up in the parking lot like a food truck and they play a show right there in the fucking parking lot you know who used to do that uh they used to drive around la uh this band the virginia city revival which um yeah it's um that's Gabby Godhead from Haunted Garage. And this was his oh, band oh. in like the 2008, seven. This came out in 2007. They were really associated with like the Jackass uh, crew and stuff like oh, that. Really? And they would just drive around LA like playing on top of a, a truck. I, I mean, that to me seems like such a reaction to like, you know, like these ideas of like it just being so hard to like do gigs and book gigs. And it's like, it's, it's literally like, Oh, I've been to a lot of shows since the pandemic. Maybe not. Maybe I shouldn't have, but I did. <laughs> I've been to. I've been to. I still went to, to Robbie Bloodshed and Voice of Doom. They put on yeah, a yeah. show. I've seen Guard since the pandemic. What? Yeah. See, I haven't been to an actual show. I've only been to like a punk show, like VFW show. Come that was it. Guard. They're going on tour again. This when? Week. When are uh, they going? They're coming to New Jersey. I think. Um. Uh, what's the place called in Sayreville? Uh, I don't know, but I kind of want to see Valor uh, in New York. I don't, I don't, I don't know. No, Guar, not Christian Death. No, I know, but I'm saying that is also coming to New York. Yeah, I've I've seen this new version of Christian Death a bunch of times. I've filmed yeah. them before. I don't need to see that again. They don't play anything from the first album. Really? Yeah, they just like it's like it doesn't exist. No, no, the, I'm not not the first album. They don't play anything from Catastrophe Ballet. I don't know. I just know. Uh, I'm really just for my theater of pain. I I'm a big fan of Catastrophe Ballet, which also has Roz. That's Roz as well. Yeah, it is. Robbie says it's the Starland Ballroom. Starland Ballroom. That's great. The Guar Show. Yeah. Um, the I when I saw them one time, uh, and I was expecting a lot of Catastrophe Ballet. And where did really you see them? Maybe I was there. Um, I saw them. Oh God, I saw them in the city. It had to have been 2011, 2012, um, maybe. I don't. I mean, two thousand. Yeah, 2012. I don't know. Robbie says that Christian Jeff were were jerk offs when we did a show on them. Uh, yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't very. What, Robbie? Why was that? Is that I film and um, you know, not that or anything, but it's not. Well, again, it's not what you want to see. <laughs> no, well, I I know that, but I still love. I again, I think Catastrophe Ballet is a masterpiece, and I'm just hoping that they will play. Maybe more songs. why would they play? Why would they play only Theater of Pain? They have nothing to do with only Theater of Pain. That would be insane. That would be ridiculous. That's like why call yourself Christian Death if you're not going to play. Well, that's a whole other. That's a whole other topic of conversation. I know. I know. I know. That's like. A, that's like a. Um, actually. I don't know if you saw, you know, I had uh, uh, Ace Von Johnson. Who I didn't is, see that one yet. He, he's a, a, a really 
really great guy. He's a guitarist. He's in the band L.A. Guns. And okay. um, played with Haunted Garage once in the 80s. I have a. Oh, lot. really? Yeah, I don't know which version of it. Somebody specified, but I'm not as. This is, I think this is his, he's in, he's not in, there's like a drummer version, I guess. That's not the version that Ace is in. But Ace and I had a really in-depth conversation about this, like topic of what makes a band a band? When does a band need to change their name? You know, um, it's like, it's interesting. It's a brand, and that's what brings in the people. That's what brings in the money, you know? I get it. Right. The, the guarantees, I mean, from a business from a business standpoint, yes. Dagger Love says, I saw Christian Death on acid and thought the singer was an anteater. <laughs> wow. That... Okay, Dagger, that is literally one of the funniest things you've ever said in the chat. Um. He says the singer dude and the woman are ego heads. Rude. Got into an argument over stage setup, so we ended up using their drum kit. So that singer dude, that's Valor. Where did you play with them, Robbie? Um, that's I, Valor Can at um the Highland Ballroom, I think. One. Oh, that's right. where I saw them. I that's, that's the name of it. There. I think I have it on video. <laughs> Wait, were you at that show? Oh my I don't god. Know. Oh my god! I think we were at the same show. Probably. Um, we, we ran into each other. I'm sh- sure we would have. We, but we, oh, there were many times we ran into each other. I, 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 you know what? I'm suddenly having a distinct. As soon as you said Highland Ballroom, I have the ticket stub somewhere. He says it's Dingbats. Mm. 2018 is when this happened. Yeah. With Christian Death. That's that's funny. An anteater. I don't want Valor, to think the 10 years ago, but it could have been 10 years ago. It was definitely I mean, over Jesus, 10 years ago. Uh, the last no. three years seemed like one year, so who knows? The last three years seemed like one year, and it was definitely it was definitely 10 years ago, over 10 years yeah. ago, because I didn't start making my film yet. And um they only played one song from Catastrophe Ballet. They played Sleepwalking, which is oh, so actually... You know what you're expecting. You've seen it already. Well, I just hope that they would put more Catastrophe Ballet in the material. And I haven't been to any live shows. And I'm thinking maybe I'll go. Maybe mm-hmm. I'll see it. But you know what? Um, but you know what? That Sleepwalking is actually... Sleepwalk is actually a Rick Agnew song. You know, and Rick Agnew... I was trying to meet up with him for the documentary uh, while I was in LA. He wants to be a part of it, but oh, it's another awesome. thing that just hasn't happened yet. But um, he was Rick like, "Dude, hard. I gotta be." Thing. He's hard to get a hold of. Uh, no, Robbie. I, Robbie hung I, out with him. I'm on a tour. hold of him. It's just it didn't. He wanted us to come to like his show that he was playing, and we're like, we're kind of busy, and like that's a that's a chaotic environment to do an interview for a documentary. So it didn't happen it, yet. Yeah, that is a very chaotic. What? What for symbolism? I guess so. Right with London May and, yeah, and yeah. James from Christian Death are in that band. Right. And and you, you should have gone, dude. You know, Andy used to be in a band with uh, London May. He told me. Yeah. When we hung out, he, he told me. Yes. Yeah. Well, that, well, that's all we'll say about that. Yes, but yes, we. we I I uh, I heard from Andy about uh, being in a band with London. Yeah. Definitely. Um, the, uh, 
the uh the, yeah they have a new band though called symbolism and i love i really want to hear is do they have stuff out yet they do i bought i bought the seven inch it's definitely interesting and you know great. again i love the idea of london may playing with rick and james from christian death it's like of course yeah. you're gonna fuse you know sam hayne with christian death is gonna be a really interesting sort of group you know mm-hmm. So yeah, check that out. Yeah, it was just I. It's not like I didn't want to go. It was just like, <laughs> dude, I'm trying to interview 40 people in like two weeks. Like that's just not going to happen. Rick Rick Agnew was eating potato salad and playing Robbie's Brian May guitar. Awesome. That's hilarious because they bumped into him on tour. Um, that's great. He I mean, okay. Yeah, it was a, he defined the LA punk sound for a while. He did, and you know. Um, when I was on the one time I was on tour, the tour manager who had worked with the adolescents a ton of times in the in European, his name was Chris Schaefer, mm-hmm. and he passed away. I was on his last tour, season tour vet. I was on his last friggin' European tour, yeah. and um, and he mentioned that like he was talking about like how like uh, those guys would like go back and forth with like wanting to play with Rick and not wanting to play with Rick. Like, you know, just like whatever the ba- interband difficulties, but mentioned that like Rick wanted to dress up in like a kimono. Like He like, he wanted to wear like white, like white makeup and dress up in a kimono. And they're like, right, you know what, Rick, you're out. Get out of here. Like, that's, that's kind of what Gabby Godhead does for Haunted Garage. Right there, you that, go. That, he's a crossdresser. He he kind of has that kind of get up going on. I so what happened was after you initially introduced me to Haunted Garage, I like just went down a YouTube rabbit hole for a little bit, watched a bunch of videos, um, and just sort of like to understand who they were and like what they were. And yeah, I remember very distinctly that there was a uh, crossdressing. Um, uh, guitar yeah. player and i guess yeah. that's that's who gabby got and that, that's who i'm trying to get in contact with i have his phone number and i have his address is that like the iconic um classic yeah. lineup guitar player kind of yeah yeah and, so, and i really that's a big guy he is absolutely essential to this story because cross dressing in the 80s is not like cross-dressing today man like there was no drag race it was like you're just gonna get thrown out there and get be worried if you're gonna get beat up that night or not you know well here's what's interesting that you say that and i, I, I yeah like, i can understand that why that would be but also there is a precedent in a the new york dolls and b um uh look at all the glam hair metal yeah, bands that came on the strip. Big enough to maybe uh defend themselves. <laughs> yeah. On a garage, they're not really uh a fighting kind of bunch. <laughs> right. Right. Although Fair there's enough. a whole there's a story about um uh the mentors wanting to beat him up because he was cross dressing at one show. Oh boy. Yeah, yeah. Um didn't I happen, mean, thank God. You know, but that like that, that was I mean, that is something you hear often from punk rockers in general. Just that you literally it was not it was not fashionable to be a punk rocker and you could easily uh just get the floor before wipe wiped with the floor, floor wiped with you, whatever the, the Yeah, the, right, right. It wasn't cool to be a punk rocker. Imagine being a cross dressing punk rocker, you know. <laughs> Right, which is why I love Jack Grisham so much because, you know, Jack Jack was doing all sorts of things like that, and the the, the front man of TSOL, 
And um, <clears throat> well, I, I have to stop soon because a it's yeah, midnight um, and I have to like yeah. wake up. I gotta I gotta be time. at my early day job at like seven a.m. Okay, so you have to you have yeah, to go as okay. well. I'm having like a I'm having a great time. You will you will absolutely have to come back on the yeah. show. Like you have to. We have so much more to sure. talk about. Yes, you we do. We do. We'll get. We will. We will. We will definitely. We'll, we'll definitely continue this conversation. Um, I literally can't talk. I'm like losing yeah, my yeah, voice. I don't I'm hurt like you. struggling. Don't hurt yourself. Uh, I won't. But I'll say this. Wait. What were we just? Oh, Jack Grisham. Um, tells a great story about you know Jack Grisham just loved wearing dresses. He just wore a dress or a skirt, whatever made him feel comfortable. You know, awesome. Yeah. Just like just walked around. Just like uh, uh, expressing himself how he wanted to express himself, as anybody should, right? Yeah. Um, and some kid, some guys came up to him, like calling him, you know, f bombs and stuff. And uh, he said something along the lines of like, uh, "Take a look at my face and see how pretty it is, and take a look at my knuckles and see how cut up they are." Mm. Uh, so if you feel like throwing a punch. Uh, I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I forgot what he says. I'm butchering what he said. I love what Iggy Pop says about it too. I'm sure you've seen that quote. Like, I don't feel ashamed dressing as a woman because I don't think there's any shame in being a woman. Or right, right, right. And, and it's a beautiful philosophy. Which let me, it. let me throw this connection out there. Uh, Please. Oh, Iggy know? Pop? An Iggy Pop connection? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Not only was he apparently a fan of them, and I, if you know any connects, I would love to talk to you, Iggy Pop. Um, oh my god! Um, did you ever see his episode of Tales from the Crypt? Of course, uh, duh. Well, Haunted Garage is it? They're in the crowd. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. All so right. You now I have to go back you and, and clearly look, in the crowd for them. Watching, yeah. Dagger love. There's, there's deeper connections, but they're more personal, and I'm not going to get into them here. Fair enough. That right. is a phenomenal episode. I think it's called For Crying Out Loud is the name yeah, of the episode. Yeah, and then uh, it's like about a, I don't know, like a doll, and it's voiced by uh, Sam Kinison before he died. And Tia Carrera is in it as well. <laughs> yes, she is. And that dude uh, who's also in Are You Afraid of the Dark? He's mm. in the Are You Afraid of the Dark episode. He's in it yeah, as check well. Check that out. Watch out for Dookie Flyswatter in the crowd. And there's a couple of the, the girls from the band as well um, uh, drop their top in the crowd. So they're easy to notice. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, God. Tales from from garage. Yeah. I've been wanting to do, do extra work, you know? Like, that's like part of their day jobs. And while I'm on the subject, like talking about seeing these people everywhere, um, one of the those girls in particular, her stage name was Dedra, Deborah Casey. She was featured very prominently as an extra in some of these movies, including The Mask and Kindergarten Cop. Wow. Later too. She was like, you know the the punk rocks and the, the punk rockers in the alley in the mask and he gets yes. the balloons and the Tommy yes. guy. Yes. She's the girl with the Mohawk. You know, it's so funny, like... And same in kindergarten. They play punks, you know, they're... <laughs> right, but that's what's so funny is that this is an L.A. band that's getting work by just doing background stuff and then yeah. winds up just You'll sort of... In the bodyguard. Dookie's in the background of the bodyguard. How many movies has Dookie been in, uh, just like background and stuff? I mean, I don't know. I know about a handful of them. Um, I'm sure he's done more, like... And some some of them you definitely can't see him in. Like he was in the Doors movie in the crowd somewhere, um, the Bodyguard. He was in the original Flash pilot, um, DC's Flash 
pilot from the 90s. Oh, I, dude, I remember yes. that very well. You yeah, he's one, that of, a he's lot. one of the micro, micro, uh, motorcycle gang members. Whoa. Yeah, like they don't really have lines, but you just see them right. in the background. You just see like, them in the background. You know, whatever. Yeah. Um, I can't think of much else right now, but yeah, um, some commercials. He was in a David Bowie video in the 90s. What, um, what does he, so what's his deal now? Or like, what does he do? Is he just sort of like, not much. yeah he watches lots of movies at home <laughs> that's cool and um here to tell his legacy it's yeah you're just, he was just waiting for someone to make a documentary about him now. yeah yeah and you're that guy you're that guy that's beautiful man um i i really want to thank i'm gonna i'm gonna put a pin in it there i really want to thank kevin so much for not only coming on the show and sharing with us his project but also uh calling ed fucking edward fucking culver live on the air and introducing me to him that was like so uh what a treat that was he's just super cool like that man oh what a what a cool dude and one day i'll, I'll tell you uh off air one time about um we're gonna get coffee we're gonna get coffee and yeah. we'll, we'll talk we'll talk we'll talk shop Edward um, Yes. No, I just want to thank Kevin so much for coming on. And I again, I really want I want to congratulate you on um just like like finding like this focus and you know uh putting your you know energy out in out there and just doing this thing and uh building something from scratch and yeah. Yeah. I just think it's so friggin' awesome. And I really, really do wish you the the, the utmost of success. I hope well, no matter what happens with your, your crowdfunding campaign or whatever. Please, 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 please give me some money. Yeah. Please, please, help. please share it. I'm Donate if you can. Yeah. But listen, even if it you even if it no matter what happens, I know you're gonna friggin' make this thing. Oh, it's happening and, either way. Just like yeah. let's make it faster, let's right. make it better. <laughs> right. And, and, and and let's pay me back for all the money I spent already oh. into this but I'm, oh I'm... that's a whole other issue that is a whole other issue that never yeah this ever... is all just out of pocket expense so far oh ho, ho. tell me about <laughs> i could i could tell you i could tell you stories i could tell you stories i'm sure um, yeah. uh not necessarily about the misfits but i could tell yeah. you stories and my last um, my last prop of course i brought some pizza fishies yeah it perfect oh my God, we have to finish the show with the question that we were supposed to start the show with. Um, Kevin, is pizza punk? And if it is punk, why is it punk or why is it not punk? I think it's punk adjacent. I think pizza is whatever you want it to be. It can be punk if you want it to be punk. I don't think it's, and maybe this is a cop-out answer, but I don't think it's inherently punk rock. But it's definitely adjacent because of all the reasons, you know, the, the after show pizza and just like, it's always what you're going to eat backstage, right? Like, yes, yeah. but it's not inherently punk, but it can be if you want it to be. Um, I uh, just wait until you hear what leaving how leaving. Oh my God. I can't wait answered to answer that question. Uh, it's going to surprise everyone. I'm not going to say what it is, but it's going to surprise everyone. That's right. If you're not aware, I interviewed leaving and I asked leaving is pizza punk. He's been hey, asked that question. Did you ask him what his favorite topping was? And did he say beef, 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 <laughs> <balloonies."> 
should have done that. Damn. Damn. Um, I will say this. I did ask him what it was like working on a Glenn Danzig movie. Oh, right. I haven't seen it yet. You should definitely watch it. It's, well, I mean, uh, it's, it's not out yet. I mean, it's out in the theater. Oh, right. You can't, I, I saw it in the theater when okay. it, it came to New Rock City for one I night. Saw and I saw and, and we, we've had our conversation about that. <laughs> Actually, you were the one that coined what I say about it all the time now. It's literally a music video without the music. And I thought yeah. that was so spot. You were so spot on. That's how Glenn Danzig is seeing this. Glenn Danzig's directed music videos. And he's like, editor. Glenn, I will be your editor, man. Like that. Glenn, movie, me too. Editor. Hire both of us at the yeah, same yeah, time. Absolutely. We could do it. I'm, I'm assuming and hoping his, his new movie is a little bit more worked out in that respect. But I don't know. I, I've been avoiding your review because I want to see it first. I, um, I didn't just review it. I had the second AD on the show. I, I want to go in blind and then and I'm going to binge on the, the review. My, stuff. my friend, Chris, who's, not, you know, my co-host of Sinful Celluloid, he's like, he's Glenn Danzig's good friend. So he was on the set for both Veronica, Veronica, whatever, and <laughs> Death Rider. And I was like, you might be the only person that is in this shared universe of Glenn Danzigness. It's pretty amazing. It's a pretty amazing feat to have. Um, so yeah, um, we're gonna listen. Stick around for two seconds. I'm gonna do my little my little Patreon thing. I want to thank again. Yeah, I want to thank Kevin so much, guys. Please check out check out the the DukeyDoc.com link in. Oh, maybe the link is in the description. It might be. Oh no, it is in the description. Yes. yes, and you know, haunted garage and all that, and you know, peace. We have a wonderful way of saying goodbye here. Kevin, do you know what it is? You know what it is. Peace and hair grease. Peace and hair grease. And did you know, FYI, did you guys know about, shit, where is it? Fuck is it? Did you guys know about the Patreon? Hey guys, what's going on? It's Jeff. So I've decided to make a Patreon. What is Patreon? I don't know how to define a Patreon. Let me look it up. Patreon is a membership platform that makes it very easy for creators to get paid for the things that they're already creating. I want to do it full-time. I want this to be my full-time job. In my efforts to make that happen, I've set up this platform. Is it going to work? Is it going to be successful? I don't know, but I would rather try and crash and burn than not try at all. The goal is to create enough passive revenue so that I can continue to do this full-time uninterrupted. Why? Because I love to do this. I love creating content. I love making videos. I love shooting films. I love doing podcasts. In case you couldn't tell, I love to talk and I never shut the fuck up. <laughs> so right now I've kept the Patreon incredibly simple. There's two tiers and that may change in the future. The Murdergram is a simple way to extend support for all of the hours and hours of free content on the channel for nothing more than a dollar. 38 cents goes to Patreon. What's a buck 38, eh? It's less than a cup of coffee, but it's a great way that you can show support for very little effort. When you divide that dollar 38 by the hours and hours and hours of time spent listening to this endless drivel of content, the dollar cost average works out. Next up is the YouTube casualty for $6.66. <laughs> 
The YouTube casualty is loaded to the gills. Enjoy the archive ad-free as well as ad-free early access to special docu-style podcast videos, music reaction commentaries, and the like a month before they drop on YouTube, loaded with ads, I might add. You're also going to get exclusive content and behind-the-scenes content that is not available on YouTube or anywhere else. So you get to peek behind the veil. And believe me, there's a couple of choice pieces. Most of all, more than anything, whether you join the Patreon or not, I just want to thank each and every one of you that comes to the channel, that watches all the shows, that leaves comments, that participates, that subscribes. That's really the most important thing. This is just trying to find a way to earn a living as an artist. And with that, thank you for my TED Talk. Join the Patreon, because we need you! 66 cents.